this should be another episode of the Four Horsemen. So that right, means we have the three of us. Oh, there isn't four. Yeah, there's always a guest. Like, I hope you're getting that by now. It's, it's the way it's always going to go. I think we should personally do episodes where it's like there's just three of us and they just complain all the time, but that's just me. So obviously we've got the usual three people here, but our guest for this episode is going to be Gomez, who used to work for a long time as the manager, basically, of all those renegades teams, all the teams from Australia with Sponge, JKS, Azza, etc. Now works with Order, who obviously is a team from the Oceanic region. He did technically, as a result, I will say at the beginning of this episode, technically, ages ago, Gomez did used to work for Monty. So you might be worried, what about Nepotism? Listen, if you know anything about the CSGO team for Renegades, they fucking hate Monty. No, <laughs> only some of them do. That's that's only partly a joke. So, and obviously now, in theory, one of the reasons we wanted him as the guest for this one is not only is he a, someone who's played, being the position of like the people who communicate for the players, the tournaments, etc. But actually, I've noticed you always tend to get involved in a lot of the discussions about like rules and how the tournament stuff's done so more knowledgeable i think than most of the other people out there been around the scene for a long time i'll also say at the beginning of this episode since we're going to be discussing some of the fuck-ups of the rmrs particularly obviously the flashpoint one monty obviously works for flashpoint what is your actual title now like vice president or something what is it uh well commissioner of the league and vp of brand VP of brand, okay. Right, as though there'll be one of those in here, but whatever. So Monty obviously works for Flashpoint. That brand's just done completely, mate. But, and then Richard doesn't work for Flashpoint. I know people just decide he has, apparently. That's what sucks for you, Rich. You didn't even get any money yeah. out of it. You still get the blame for all the shit. You know? you've, again, you've just described <laughs> the last 17 years for me in esports. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And obviously, I used to work for Flashpoint, and I will state, just for the sake of clarity, notice how it doesn't affect the conversation, I can still say this, I do technically have shares within Flashpoint, but again, what the fuck is that worth, eh? <laughs> I'm just keeping them for the lulls at this point, because either they're worth nothing, I can just go, well, your shares were nothing, or maybe somehow they fucking trip over and it succeeds, and I still get some out of it anyway, don't I? So, I win. You know, the funny thing about this, uh, like, people saying, oh, Monty can't be on the show because it's a conflict of interest. Let me explain conflicts of interest to you. Me being on this show and discussing the issue does not actually affect anything that really happens, right? Which means that the conflict of interest isn't really there. You guys all know that I work for Flashpoint. That is very clear. There's no hiding that information, correct? So that's not what a conflict of interest is because I have no power in this scenario. Just to be super clear on that because people get fucking confused for some reason. Well, and also, also it was also really this... hard to find anyone who could actually like stand up for Flashpoint. So you know, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it was, but, it was but, like, but, at this point, you know. But but also, <laughs> seriously, it doesn't serve two masters, does it? This show, no. yeah, this show doesn't. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously, me and Duncan are gonna fucking wreck Flashpoint. Like pro probably, I'm guessing. <laughs> You're so, guessing. Look, I'm he's guessing. bouncing up and down with excitement right so, now. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? In some ways, in some yeah. ways. So, uh, fucking whatever. People. By the way, before we get, maybe, because obviously, listen, we'll set up, we'll set up the whole context of the topic, blah, 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 blah. But one thing I thought maybe at the beginning we should ask Monty, because obviously the context of him being on the show, this will be relevant, is, I, like, one of the reasons I asked what your title was there, Monty, is technically as the commissioner, you do speak publicly for the league. That is one of the roles of a commissioner. And as the VP of the brand, people also would consider you like a spokesperson, like the sure. the person they associate with the brand at this point in time, right? When this whole incident happened, which we'll get into the specifics of in a minute, obviously, but just uh, everyone just knows abstractly a scenario happened that was a fuck up, right? You publicly came out and basically said like, I'm actually not going to involve myself in this at all. I'm just going to sort of leave it to the admins and not do anything with that at all, right? What Would you actually... 
what would you say about that? Because some people might say, you know, why not get involved? Why not be, why not try and figure out the best messaging? Or why didn't you want to be the person who delivered the message? What would you say to that? Uh, why so, did you sort of recuse yourself from it? Okay, so the, in terms of real conflict of interests, conflicts of interest, I did have a real one here, which is why I recused myself. So typically at previous flashpoints, uh, my job is partially in league operations. So I'm the one making a lot of the decisions about if there are going to be penalties, like we find about like the MIBR one, yeah, for yeah, example, yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. ten thousand one, yeah, yeah. So, but and you know, talking to uh, them about rules or how those rules should be implemented. Um, now, part of the deal with Valve is that Valve requested that I recuse myself from League Operations for the RMR, and the reason is is because I am directly employed by the partner teams, and because it was a Valve Circuit event. I had a conflict of interest because I could advance the interests of our partner teams in what is supposed to be a neutral event that's a qualifier for the major, which is a completely reasonable request. And obviously sure. we were happy to do it. Um, and it, it, you know, this, the reason why that was necessary actually played out because the problem with me having uh, any kind of influence over that situation is that the winner of the NIP and Anonimo match faced one of our partner teams in FPX. So if I had any kind of decision-making power there, it could be viewed as me trying to like yeah, give FPX a specific yeah. opponent, right? Yes. Um, so it, it actually was very impactful because even though we only had one partner team at the tournament, which was FPX, it just so happened that this incident would have affected them. Uh, so it's completely reasonable that I was not, you know, I have my opinions about what happened, but ultimately I was not the one making the call or doing any of the messaging really surrounding it besides, you know, what I said personally, um, either the words out of my mouth on the broadcast, like apologizing to snacks or, um, you know, my tweets, basically. All right, but. I, just from knowing how these shows go, Sarah, I think Richard should do it where you like we establish like what actually happened. Yeah. Essentially, like, if you can do like a chronological order, you tend to be pretty good at like nailing the exact order things went in. I have done that occasionally in my <laughs> work as a journalist. Yes, uh, the um, so yeah, basically what happened uh, was NIP Ninjas in Pajamas uh, went out and they made a big signing, didn't they? They signed Device from Astralis and everybody, and there was much rejoicing in the streets of Sweden. Uh, because finally NIP had a player that was kind of akin to players NIP had had in the past. So it's a big PR offensive. There's a, a, a completely open, you know, press gaggle that all the journalists went to and asked shitty questions like, what's your favorite color device? Things like that. Uh, and then we get into the Flashpoint tournament. This is their debut. The first time we are going to see device in action. Uh, for the ninjas in pajamas everybody was laughing at how easy they had got it because they were playing anonimo anonimo are a polish team that not a lot of people had time for even though they had snacks on the team like formerly great considered washed now, though, but yeah, yeah considered yeah. washed as fuck now although actually played unbelievably well good, didn't he, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. back the years but um Everyone, even even on the broadcast, everyone was saying, like, oh, this is, like, super easy for Nip. They couldn't have had it any better if they planned it. Um, so there's a lot of expectation about that result. Anyway, just prior to the game starting, uh, Ninjas in Pajamas are saying that when they try and connect to the server, they're getting packet loss. They claim as high as 40%. Um, there was a lot of confusion about this. They tried to do a clever little thing 
where they sent people like me, for example, server logs, but then they weren't the real server logs. They were logs uh, uh, checking the server cluster. So geographically it was correct, but it wasn't the server that was used in the game. So yes. again, we don't know specifically how bad it was for how long this packet loss was. Anyway, in accordance with Flashpoint rules, stupid rules, uh, as we'll touch upon later, uh, they were told you have to play the game and then sort of retroactively appeal the decision. So NIP said, all right then. And they went out and they smashed the first map 16-3 and we're all high-fiving each other and crunking and living the dream. Then they move on to Nuke. It's close. I think it was like 16-13. They lost. Then they formally said, no, listen, this is ridiculous. We don't want to play anymore. The, the ping's wrecking us. Uh, we've got to do something about this. Uh, Q delays. Q bullshit, and apparently Flashpoint did resolve the issue, or so they thought at this juncture. We were, we were told by NIP that the issue had been resolved by map, sometime yeah. like before map 3. Now the problem and, was... Which is corroborated itself by the fact that after map 3, NIP themselves tweeted, tweeted exactly it. that. They yes. actually claimed that it had been fixed, right? So, and thank their sponsor for their role in it, yeah. <laughs> so the the issue was is that because it, this is complicated by RMR rules that Valve uh, put in place. So what happened was apparently the players knew that the issue hadn't been resolved once they got uh, like a few rounds into the game, but because there are new rules on the RMR that prevent staff, coaching staff from being in the same room as the players during a game, there was no way to communicate between the players and their staff that the issue had in fact not been resolved. Right. So we thought it had been resolved, which is why people are like, well, why didn't you delay? Well, we were literally <laughs> told it was fixed. And even though it wasn't fixed, there wasn't a way to know that because of the new RMR rules that Valve, because of the coach cheating, scandal that yes. happened earlier this year or last yeah. year yeah so anyway they say it's all been fixed leads everyone to believe it's been fixed but then they play the final map mirage and of course it goes to overtime and they lose an overtime cue holy hell which involved to in no particular order device having a tantrum i believe on discord admins particularly big tantrum uh, because I imagine the pressures got to him a little yeah, bit. Of course. Um, you know, so it's under it's not excusable, but it's understandable. Yes, right? exactly. Um, he publicly <laughs> then tweeted and had a little bit of a tantrum. Hitchum Chaheen, the the original Nicola Nyholm, the bl the blueprint for all subsequent Nicola Nyholms, uh, tweeted that it was a disgrace and Flashpoint must never get the RMR again while behind the scenes also having a massive fucking tantrum and threatening to leverage all sorts of influence he had in the scene to try and hurt Flashpoint. Uh, and then basically what ended up happening was there was a, a call of the admins. They looked at the rules. And as the Flashpoint statement did say, uh, that basically in line with the rules, they would be entitled to a replay as it was Flashpoint's problem. They replayed the final map. There was a... Oh, nearly forgot this bit. There was a fuck up in the messaging where Flashpoint said, Nip have kindly offered <laughs> Anonymo the option to replay the whole that. series <laughs> or just the last map. And then Nip had a tantrum about that privately. So Flashpoint changed that to say, no, 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 we're definitely in charge. Anyone who implies Nip are trying to pressure us is wrong for sure. Here's the, what really happened. And then they played the last map, Mirage. It was still unbelievably close. Yes. Nip won it 16-14. Snacks tweeted, you can see how much the packet loss was a factor. 
publicly wrecked them. Device pretended to be sad despite being on a video <laughs> high-fiving and celebrating because <laughs> he is a fucking idiot and keeps digging this hole unbelievably yes. deep. Come on, Devo, mate. And then we all just went about our business. Oh, uh, and, and it, then you, we would have... You forgot how NIP at the end then tweeted and made a public statement saying, we agree with Flashpoint's decision. Uh, we think the rematch... Oh, they they didn't say anything like that. They just blamed, yep. put all the blame on Flashpoint. Didn't say anything like, this is a good call. We we appreciate this or take our side in any way. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we and then it was all going so well and everyone had forgot about it. And then Flashpoint said, hey, remember that thing that happened? Here's an NFT uh, that we're going to sell and give the money to Anonymous. And the community was outraged again because having a sense of humor in 2021 is a form of bigotry. <laughs> I thought it was funny, personally. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't have. Uh, I'll just say, personally, I, I agree with you. I definitely think it's funny, but also I wouldn't have touched it with... Uh, with a shitty stick, I would have left that well alone. That was just because uh, the community just have a bee in their bonnet um, about everything these days. By the way, to me, of... like, obviously there's so many angles we can go in on this. Like, there's the technical angle of the internet things, and then there's rule set things. And blah, blah. One thing I thought we should start with, and we can get Gomez involved with this immediately, is when you're in, like, one of the situations which Richard alluded to there, where, for example, device is going off at an admin on Discord, right? In this scenario, I noticed a lot of fans were lost on this because they don't understand the protocols if you're in an online match, right? They they think, for example, like, well, all the players in a room, like, is it the players who talk to the admins? Like, like, basically, from your perspective, when you've been involved in situations during, like, online qualifiers and stuff, like, do you, is there, like, a, a, is there normally supposed to be a system, like, there's one person, maybe it could be you for your team, who represents your team? Do the players get to talk to the admins directly, usually? How do these things get resolved behind the scenes if something happens? Originally, it was like what you said, it was just one person, maybe the manager plus the coach. But then when they brought in the webcams, then all the players had to connect to Discord because they needed the, the cameras, like sure, the camera yes. feeds. So now everybody's in the chat. And that's when it gets a little bit crazy. Once, um, you know, everyone can see what's happening. People are replying pretty fast. And um, I don't think it would have happened if we didn't have the webcam sort of situation and all the players weren't, weren't in the chat. So I think that's a, um, a result of, you know, the new the new norm of having the direct webcam feeds in the system. It's also because, um, again, because the coaches or staff can't be in the same room as the players that they can at least communicate directly with admins because sometimes they can't communicate even with their people in the same building as them uh, very easily. So. Yeah, by the way, yeah. just as an aside, like even though like I've got a separate rant, I've already done by the numbers, but I'll do it later when we actually talk about like the nip offering the rematch thing. Because I have a whole thing on that where like that's one of my biggest pet peeves the last few years. The idea that like players are the ones who determine how they resolve a problem. But <laughs> beyond that, I want to get to this very briefly at the beginning because this will sound like a very throwaway point to other people. But I've been thinking about this. I think this is important actually. One of the things I don't like about this is and Richard will know this is this all actually come the idea by the way that someone like Device who was the most decorated player in the game would like basically verbally abuse as someone who's in like an admin position in this scenario who by the way 
by their job is obligated to communicate with device and pretty much cannot go back with at the same kind of flair. I don't think that's a fair scenario. And it all comes out of the world of 1.6 and all these sports where the admin was usually a volunteer and by definition lowest on the like social hierarchy totem pole of anyone at the event except a fan basically. And so basically they would usually be not only themselves like considered to have no status by pro players, but often they were fanboys of the pro players and so they almost put themselves into that position of like, I'm always below you and I'm just here to like, oh, I'm just a messenger. Oh, sorry, sir. You need to join the game server now. I want to get, I want us to literally, if we're going to have these stupid discussions about let's have a CSPPN. Oh, and what? And how are players being treated? How are admins being treated? That's a question I have, right? Because in my opinion, I'm not joking. I think there should literally be like a code of etiquette when you deal with an admin. Like I personally think no pro player should ever be talking to an admin. I think you should have like a representative you talk to and then his job is to be polite, to be professional. But in any sense where a player is talking to an admin, I don't want to see a world where they're like just chewing this guy out when he has to do his job. Like, in my opinion, you should literally, literally be on the level of like, yes, sir, no, sir and if he asks you a pointed question you tell him exactly what it is because he isn't there to take your abuse mate this is like when people say like if you abuse someone who works at like the ticket office or, like an aeroplane thing you will get thrown out of course yeah so you it's... aren't there to abuse that guy and as though it's his fault directly whether or not you agree with his decision or not as a pro player so i i don't want to like ream device too hard because i understand why he was mad and also he of his own volition apologize privately and then yeah. also yeah, apologize yeah, publicly exactly. and like i i think his apologies were really good so i i don't want to just like pile on device too much because i think he like i genuinely believe that he recognized that what he did was shitty and you know it's not going to do that in the future um but I, I will say this like if you said the shit that device said in that channel to a ref in a game like i don't care in a sport if the ref makes completely the wrong call you would be ejected from that yes, game. 100%. And so here, you know, if I would, I will just tell you straight up. The game, absolutely. I will just tell you straight up that if I had been in control of this situation, I would have immediately ejected him from the game and said, goodbye. You know, we're, we're done here. The, the admins are being very polite with you. We're obviously trying to solve your problem. The admins are not being abusive. This is incredibly unsportsmanlike and you need to leave right now. So, like, I, I, that was not what was done. However, that is definitely what I would have done. And, you know, probably in any kind of rematch scenario, I would have said, here are your choices, NIP. We can play a rematch of this final game, but you will play it without device. And if you, you can either choose to play with threat or a sixth member of your roster, uh, a substitute player, or you can hold the L and we'll move on with the rest of the event. So that is the choice I personally would have made had I been in, in charge. By the way, I probably should have said this before we actually went live, but like at any point during this chat, pretty much Gomez, just jump in if you have a point, mate, because like we're so used to being yeah. on shows that like we're just going to fill all the space. The so if you have a point, yeah, no worries. We're, we're, we're gobshades, basically. Mate. I was going to say, I don't know, like you, you could say in theory, that's what you would have done, but I don't know if Valve would have let you do that because I mean, you don't even register a substitute anymore. Like it's just, here's your five players. So what, they just forfeit, I guess. Like, I think about what it is. I mean, I, yeah. I I don't really care what the effect of it is. I'm just saying hmm. that he would not have been, in in Monty's world, he would not have been able to play in that in that rematch. Sure. 
Because I got saved I mean, by the way. The, the reaction to that is, would have been yeah. way oh, worse. Oh, would be the end of the world. That would literally have been the end of the world. Uh, that's no, fine. Because the reason I say that is because, like, as I say, <laughs> pro players want more and more things. They want more better treatment. They want better, like, you've been given it, guys. Like, if we look at where you were at five years ago, you live a fucking dream life now in business class, amazing setups, like private areas to play. Can't we at least have a basic level? Like I say, I'm not asking you to kiss the admin's ass. I'm asking, how would you treat someone in a train station who's just unfortunately been mildly incompetent with the all? Would you chew them out and tell them they're a piece of shit and you'll never work there? No, I hope you wouldn't at least. So let's at least have like a modicum of like, let's have like a base level professional respect that you have to give to admins, especially because as you'll probably find out in this episode, if you keep watching, if you're a pro player, it's way more complicated than you think. One of the things, in fact, in this whole topic, I want to say at the very beginning is for everyone, myself included, you cannot look at topics like these and just look at them from a massive, like a thousand miles distance as one object and just go, yep, it's obvious what you should have done. It's do it. It's always way more complicated. Like in this particular case, just the whole thing we're going to explain probably in a minute about the technical aspect of like, what was the issue? Some sort of obscure server setting, but then they were sending server logs from the ISP, but then that didn't show anything. And then what happens? Well, can you, can you halt a game where you have no, like, that's what I mean, guys. It's like an episode. Think of like an episode of a classic, like cop procedural where at the beginning they come to this, they don't just go, it's Bobby him, just arrest him. That's it. Don't bother investigating. Don't look at like the blood work. And no, what you have to do is eliminate all the things that don't make sense. You have to establish a timeline. You have to figure out that someone's telling the truth. Like it's really, really complicated because I found actually in this particular case, it was, wasn't even like a normal scenario where it's like, you know, something fucked up in the server that's obvious or in the game, someone lagged or whatever. Like this was actually like a scenario I've never even heard of this scenario where there's some setting on the server that specifically stopped these people from one right. country doing it but i heard for example i mean I'm, I'm sure someone in fanatic must live in stockholm i heard no one in fanatic was having issues so again even trying to do a b testing it was almost impossible so this scenario. so to describe the actual issue that happened it was as follows so it was a anti ddos protection on the server on which the game was being played and why it was triggering was because it was basically trying to limit bandwidth from one IP address, which was the NIP practice facility. Now, why this was so unusual is this protection has been on every server that Faceit has ever used, right? And obviously, we, we've had teams across all Flashpoints playing from boot camps. Um, even, even as back far back as ECS, they told me that they had had the same protection on the server. It had never once, to their knowledge, like triggered before. So there was, I, I'm not exactly sure what it was about the NIP connection, but it was for some reason just them, their connection, right? And so the reason why to explain why you have to play on a Faceit server, because fans and players are very quick, oh, why can't we just play on another server? So there is anti-cheat uh, on the Faceit server. So you can't just uh, flip to a different server. You know, the, the teams were kind of like fighting about which server they wanted to be on, which location for ping reasons. Apparently the Swedish server was working better uh, for NIP, but um, it, it was like five ping for them and 50 ping for Anonymo. So Anonymo didn't want to play on this server. So there were other extenuating circumstances as well. Um, but, um, you know, we, we, there's anti-cheat on these servers. So you can't just flip to a random server that doesn't have anti-cheat. There's also very, and fans don't understand this. There are very, very important, um, betting partners with every CSGO tournament that need a live GoTV feed in order to adjust odds. It's, it's a crucial component of how the CSGO, um, e economy, uh, works. And so what happens is you have to have delays 
for other partners who are using the GoTV feed. And you have to keep the live feeds, you know, only going basically to the betting partners because otherwise you get, I'm sure we'll talk about it, what happened in the CIS RMR where people have access to the live feeds. Super dangerous for competitive integrity. We've had to do all kinds of things this year. We've had to do game, you know, Twitch stream delays of like five minutes plus because we're afraid of stream watching because that's literally happened. The players are always finding ways to cheat. So in this scenario, uh, at the time it was unfolding, first off, we thought it was fixed by game three. So, you know, people are like, you should have delayed the match. It's like, why would we do that when we thought it was fixed? We literally thought it was fixed. You can look at NIP's Twitter. They thought it was fixed too. Now, the other issue is like, we had already delayed the game by an hour, but here's the thing. We can't just trust the players. You know, there, there are so many scenarios in the last year in which the players, the teams, everyone has cheated in this game in the online era that we can't, you know, if it's the ISP issue, because here's the other thing, NIP only had one ISP, so we couldn't do a, a check on another ISP. They only had one ISP in their office. Anonymous had four, four ISPs, <laughs> you know? So most yeah. teams in the online era after a year of this should have more than one ISP. Like that's- Apparently a lot of them do have like two or three. Yes, yes. Go. We have two even in Australia, <laughs> you know, like it's, you know, right. it's, it's pretty standard. 100 Thieves had multiple. Oh, you know. of course. But yeah. I've, yeah. I've never heard of a, a, of a gaming facility or a team house that only has one. So this was shocking to me. Um, maybe they have a really good one. I don't know. Um, it wasn't their fault in the end, so we can't really blame the ISP. But if you can't check, um, you know, for all we know, I, I wouldn't put it past players to DDoS, like t a team to DDoS itself in order to like get a delay if it wasn't going like, and, and you know, if it wasn't going the way they wanted this game to go, that is certainly a possibility. I don't trust the players and the teams and neither do any admins at this point in time because of all the bullshit they have pulled. They have, the players and teams have broken the trust of the TOs. So we can't just delay matches because the players say they have bad ping when it appears, especially, we don't have proof that it's on the server. It appeared it was their ISP at first. And the whole wacky thing about this is that the, the fan reaction was so out of place because at the end of the day, what happened was Face It could have just said, oh, it was the ISP and walked away and that match would have never been replayed, right? But what, what Face It did was then spend the next like eight hours the next day going over the server logs, working with NIP. They identified that the issue was them, then publicly came out and said, we fucked up. Like that's what you want from a tournament admin. You want them to go back to realize their mistakes and then make the appropriate fixes for the future. Whereas we could have just simply said, that eh, was their ISP. And that would have been it. And there, sure, there wouldn't have been a replay, but it also wouldn't have been fair. You know what I mean? So, like, I think what what they did was actually a very good thing in terms of tournament integrity, and they're getting blasted for allegedly doing the opposite, right? By the way, since obviously we don't have anyone from, like, an admin of a different organization, in fact, sadly, I'll even say this right now, I actually was trying to get someone who could have been, like, an authoritative figure from someone else, and they basically were told by ESL, don't speak about this topic, because as I pointed out to Richard on By the Numbers, mate, it was so conspicuous, the lack of industry comment on this exact issue. Like, this yeah. is the scenario where if this was something where, like, ESL, for example, had, you know, some standard protocol, you would, like, the joke is it's like that old one of, like, how do you know if someone's a vegetarian? 
Targaryen. Oh, don't worry, they'll tell you. It'd be like that. Like, if, if every other TO did things totally different to Flashpoint, you would have known because they'd have never shut the fuck up tweeting about it, making posts, maybe go on podcasts. You couldn't get anyone to talk about it. So maybe I can ask Gomez in this particular case because he's dealt with people. Like... Have you ever heard of anything like this particular issue? And or what do you actually think if this had been like an ESL or a blast tournament or something else? How if, pure speculation or based on experience? How do you think they would deal with something like this? Because obviously in this scenario, like, yeah, face it initially, didn't know if there was a problem, then waited a day. And part of it certainly waited a few days and then they rematched the game. So what would y'all, what do you think would have happened if it was a different TO Just Your own opinion. If you're the bigger team, you get, you get better treatment. I'm, I'm, confident that's that's how it works it always has think, worked and it always will work rematch maybe with a different to you think yeah possibly yeah definitely okay um yeah 100 and and as to your original question like you know how can this happen the part that i don't understand about the story that I, that, that that's been publicly told is they said they tried vpns now, if if most if some of them are trying VPNs, so then the IPs are different. So I don't understand how where Face It like comes in with the, uh, you know, was detecting they're all on the same IP because obviously they weren't if they're on VPNs. Exactly, but that was, that's what we tried the VPNs and we were told that it was fixed. Okay, <laughs> so obviously they they used the VPNs. <laughs> yes, it fixed that problem, but because it's a VPN, it's obviously just just turns their traffic to shit. I'm guessing because it's a a free VPN or a yes, well, a, quite a common a common VPN, I guess. And that's probably a side issue and not the actual issue originally would be my guess. But um, I have no idea. I have no yeah, idea. Because yeah. like, there's no way to verify. Like, Well, maybe there is, but I, I'm unaware of the ways to verify what was going on in that third game. And like Richard alluded to earlier, I don't know how, how often these like this packet loss was happening, right? Was it every round? Once in the game, I, I have no idea, right? Um, yeah, this is like a really key point that needs to be like hit really hard here. Because again, fans are going to get lost on this. Like you alluded to it, but let me make it explicit. Pro players for the history of Counter-Strike cannot be trusted to just go anecdotally off their word of what is happening <laughs> in an so online ridiculous. game. If you allow that, I'm not joking, even your favorite players, the most legendary players of all time, will pull an will pull their Ethernet cable out and quickly plug it in again so it does a spike. They will lie about, like, for example, here's you could a good DDoS one, yourself. <laughs> what if the ping is perfect, but you claim to have really bad packet loss? Well, in that scenario, the ping looks great from the outside, but you can't know the experience. Like, basically, I've even known pro players back in the old days when online play meant nothing, they straight up said they would do this during the server finding process. If it was too bad for them, they would either like essentially lag their connection on purpose, like you open a bunch of torrents or something back in the day, or one of them straight up told me what I just said. He said I would just pull the RJ45 out quickly, plug it back in really quickly. It would for a second like make me go sort of like, you know, like flush entity packet loss and then I would be back on the server. I go, look, I can't play like this. I can't bloody move. And they would just get a better server. Now, if people aren't following why I'm bringing this example up, in this particular case, where the team goes, it's all right, we can play on our server. They'd be doing that all the time for every match. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> Literally, a Swedish team would do that until they got from 12 to 10 ping. This is what they would do. This is what the game would become, by the way. Like, I've told Gomez's story before. In, in Quake World, the original Quake, where they still play it to this day, but it's all played by the best players are all in the Nordic region, right? So it's Finnish people playing Norwegians, playing Swedes, right? And cause no joke, what they're battling over is like am i playing on 15 ping but you're on 11 ping that's unfair they go dude they have like one hour sessions where they're using these like fucking vpns trying to get like oh he's down two ping but you're up three like it's a nightmare and so like 
players. And then throw in this last detail. This is a qualifier for the World Championship. This is a team in Nip's case where they just signed like a massive player. They're hoping it's going to... So if you imagine that like, well, we can just trust that players are telling you, we can't, I'm sorry, we can't. We really can't. <laughs> I know it sucks because you want to trust them, but you can't. I lose faith in humanity when fans trust Counter-Strike professional players after the last year. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? How is that a reasonable expectation from NETO? Yeah. I mean, like, so to that point, I mean, that is a fucking tale as old as time anyway. Like, you know, lag switching, rate hacking. There's always a way to make it look like you're getting the shit end of the stick when in reality you either don't want to play or you're getting battered and you want to, like, look for the exit rematch yes. you know or a, a player's under the weather or doesn't turn up and you have to use a stand that's it, it like you say for, for people that came from the source scene i think we're all just so like like the, the online era, what's been happening this past year in the online era doesn't like phase us at all because like oh, we saw it all. A million times, yeah. yeah like this, the, it, this, yeah. this was the bread and butter for source for like pretty much the entirety of its existence i mean you have to remember valve didn't even do anything about the competitive integrity for that game it was a guy called fucking jedi who had a who invented Zblock, which was the consistency enforcer. Otherwise, you could just change textures in the game. You just go in, yes. take the VTFs, and just be like, right, I'll make door see through then. You yeah, would just you would, you would just change your value. Doors are see through exactly. now, and, and I can play like this. No chance yeah. of that triggering a VAC ban either, by the way. Uh, so yep. yeah, it was it uh, like online source was a fucking joke, and, and we had to rely on external parties to even just make it viable as, as, as a c competitive aspect anyway. But the thing that blows my mind is this rule that Flashpoint have. That's what I want to talk about. I don't Let's understand. Do I don't understand the rule because to me, the worst thing you do... If... Oh, just to clarify, the rule you're talking about is the rule that if there's a problem, you play the game out, and it's yeah. only after the fact you appeal. You don't basically say, like, we can't continue. You just say, can I f f change it after the fact, right? For, for for me, doing that in any sport, if, if something's not right, you get it sorted before you play. You know, for example, um, say floodlights. I, I'm trying to think of something that's like analogous to a server in real sports, which of course can't be done. But let's go with floodlights. You need light to play, right? So let's say the floodlights at a stadium aren't working. You don't play in the fucking dark and say, well, we'll see how it goes and... And 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 if you know if the result's too silly, we'll replay it later. No, you fucking stop. You get the lights fixed. If you can't get the lights fixed, you replay it at a later date. That's what should have happened in Flashpoint. And, and and frankly, that there's a rule that says no, no, no. For the sake of a schedule or whatever it is, you have to play is ridiculous because you're always in danger when you play something of essentially validating it and creating a world where they go, yeah, we're actually going to abide by that result. There's another point I'll get onto after that, but I'll, I think it's a good juncture for Gomez to jump in and talk about it as a you know former player, player manager, yeah. all, all, all of that stuff. For me, if I was in charge of Nip in that moment, regardless of what Flashpoint were threatening me with, I simply would not have played until it was right. Yeah, the first thing that came to my mind when I saw it was what happens with the map veto as well. Like, do, do, 
was there an option to redo the veto or do we just like what what if a team was caught off guard with mirage as the third map you've now got a game delayed for what four days five days you know well now you know what the map is let's go watch some let's go watch some footage and uh make sure we're you know up to scratch on on our mirage because it's obvious it's going to be mirage um so to me that was the first thing that stood out of as to why you know, you wouldn't do it um but as for like having the balls to to not play i think that would come down to the the coaches and managers not being in the room once again players just wouldn't even know what to do they would literally just be like uh uh you know um people think because they're pro gamers they're also like pro pro uh computer operators as well like half of them don't even know basics of operating a pc they just happen to be really good at the games yeah you know like it turns, it turns out they don't even know. of all time by the way it, it turns out the, the ability to play a comp plug in a fucking mouse they are so inept it's comical but it's not mm. even just about the tech it's like the ability to click on heads doesn't mean that you have the critical thinking or leadership skills to navigate you through this through a scenario like this but continue yeah yeah and then some teams like rely on their coach and manager a lot more than others like like, I feel like Nip is probably one of those teams. Like, if you look at the team before Device joined, like, it looked like Threat was doing a lot of the parenting type thing. You know, they'd all spin around in their chairs and, and he would call the timeouts. And, like, it seems like he was kind of running the show. And then now he's not in the room. I reckon it just would have been, it would have been a bit of chaos. Um, new guy in the roster, you know, he doesn't know the protocols either. And I think, yeah, it was a, just a storm sort of waiting to happen. And probably the, the wrong it happened to the wrong team i think some other teams that may have been more more reasonable but other teams like have shorter tempers like as well like i can imagine some teams um eastern european teams to off the top of my head that would um may have gone the other way and and south american teams as well like you know they they're very emotional about counter strike which is fair enough but like you know it may not have been as political or politically correct as maybe some other teams um finnish guys i could imagine would probably not have even reported it you know they would have just been like this is fine and just kept playing like you just you just don't know you know it's just it just it was just a team that happened to that i think that made it that made it a lot worse than it than it, than it could have been for some other teams Richard's point about the fact that, like, they, you know, like, they, they should have not played, essentially, if that was the rule. Like, that's one area where I actually do think is another important point to be made, which is even though I actually have sympathy for both teams, like, it sounds horrible if you nip and you're having these problems with the internet, but no one's acknowledging it and you have to play the game and someone's telling you, it's the first game of the World Championship quality, you must play the game. Like, that sounds terrible. If you're an Onimo, it goes without saying it's horrible. You play the match, you win the game, and then they steal the result, make you play it again, and then you lose. Like, and then go, well, oh, do his result like no there's no justice in that scenario so my problem is this though is that when you set it up like that both of those parties also are responsible for the both of these results that came across because they participated and they gave their consent the moment nip continued to play the third and second map after they claimed they had these problems you accepted the result so as far as i'm concerned if you're a nip player watching this you lost a series and you just got to get that life back in the tournament as far as i'm concerned you played on you acknowledged that this result was going to count 
remember, logically, you can't be like, none of this counts, but I'm playing. You, you were playing. The second you played, you accepted the result, which happened to be a loss. You then threw a tantrum and demand it back. And if you're an anonymous, sorry, you don't get off the hook either. When they come back to you, it was on a Sunday, I think, and they say, you have to play the rematch. You go, I don't have to do anything. I've played my game. I won my game. It always by your rules. You have to force me to do it, essentially. And listen, I understand players are going to go, but both of us would have been forfeited. Then so be it. The point is, in that scenario, you take responsibility for your part of it. If they forfeit you, by the way, first of all, it's a scandal in its own right. It might prompt all sorts of action by Valve, anyone, who the fuck knows. But the my point is that you can't go along with it and then claim after the fact, I totally disagree with this. You don't, Well, your actions didn't say that, mate. I know it sounds harsh because I agree with Gomez. It's different. If there's not someone in the room who can sort of like do what I'm doing now, like, guys, we don't have to stand for this. Like, let's band together. Yeah, it's true. That That's a different scenario. But I hope pros understand going forwards. You're not little kids. You can't go, but he told me to do it and then go, oh, what the hell? It's like you, you participate in these matches. Cause in my opinion, it's a travesty that either team were willing to actually play in these scenarios. I want to ask Monty actually, um, and I know this isn't your area, and I'm not that that's going to make any difference when this eventually makes it into the fucking food supply of esports. But the um, why does that rule exist? It kind of feels to me not a standard rule and not anything I've sort of okay. heard of before. And are there plans internally to change the rule? Because clearly it, it doesn't work. Uh, so I will tell you why I like this rule and why I think it okay. should have been applied here. Uh, so first off, um, the match was delayed by an hour before at the start of map number one. This is a map yes. that NIP won 16 to three and appeared to be, not be having consistent but intermittent issues, right? Um, so first off, um, the rule exists because if you can't verify, it's not like they were like, oh, you're having problems. We're forcing the match to play. It's that we're going to delay this for an hour and we're going to check and see where the problems were. These problems were very difficult to verify. The problems were initially diagnosed as being from NIP's um, ISP, which, again, we couldn't really check against because they didn't have a secondary ISP uh, for us to check. Right. Um, and so. What happened was, like, the admins were going through these processes. But the reason why the game has to be played is, again, because if you allow the teams to voluntarily stall or schedule reschedule their own matches, it introduces extreme chaos. And potential, it's rife for abuse, is, is basically it. So you have to recall that, okay, so they win 16-3. They say, okay, we still have some issues. Then they VPN. Then they say the, the issue's solved. And then only after the third map do they say the issue wasn't solved, right? So w at what point was the decision to should have been to delay it, right? When the information that the admins were receiving was that the problem was solved. So it's weird because the, the, if, if the problem can't be identified, we can't just change matches, for mysterious region, reasons, right? Um, it's it's not acceptable. And if it appears to be on the teams and not the, the server's fault, then what do you do, right? Um, so I, I disagree. And I think the matches have to be played because otherwise pro players will abuse it. And I am... So the other people were saying, well, you know, some of the comments I got were like, okay, well, why don't you um, have a rule that says, okay, um, if the players choose to delay the match and it is discovered that it is their ISP, then they just get, they just lose the match. They forfeit the match, right? So they're basically staking um, yeah. that- Some skin the, in the game on it. Yeah. They, have some, they have the skin in the game. But my response to that would be, well, why would NIP ever make that decision? 
because they don't know, didn't know for sure whether it was their ISP or not. So are they really going to gamble, especially after they won map 116.3 on a potential loss if it, if it was their ISP that was in fact the issue? And I think it's unfair to put that burden on a team like NIP when it was in fact the tournament organizer's fault. Right. Like you, sh the skin in the game shouldn't be entirely on the team. Right. Especially if it's the TO's fault. So I think even that solution is unreasonable, but the games have to go on. So I think the rule in and of itself is good. And this was an extreme fringe case that remember. When you think the issue, people forget this, thinking the issue was fixed was the biggest point that caused it not to be delayed further. Right. Mm -hmm. So if and I, I don't know what would have happened had. NIP said at the start of map three, we're still having these issues. That's the big question mark. Like, would the third map have been delayed? Possibly. Possibly. It would have. But when the when the team is telling the admins that it was fixed, that's the point yeah. where it's not really the admin's fault anymore, right? And so all the blame that's being handed out, um, they made the a reasonable decision in that scenario, in my so opinion. So my, my, my take would have just been this. Like, you have allocated time. Right, it's how it's always worked, to my understanding. You you have allocated time to solve issues, and listen, it's a shit show. If it that as as in this case, it turns out to be Flashpoint, and it's you know it's their error. But you, we've got precedent of it being a uh, uh, tournament organizer error in the past, by the way, which we've just taken on the chin. Like someone's server not being calibrated, yeah, cool. right? I mean, this this oh, the routing just happened. being shit to that one server. Yeah, yeah exactly. Course. I'll bring up an example in a bit, but um, and it was also for the world championship. So, you know, I think um, I think they they have an hour or whatever it is the allotted time is, and then it's just tough shit. Shut the fuck up and play. It's the online era. You're never getting it perfect, right? And I know that sucks, and players don't like it, and they cry about it. How much of an impairment was it? Do, can we even say nope. it, it can't be as bad as what Nip said it was because you can't, you physically can't play with yes. 30, 40% it. 40% percent. It was. I, I will say that it was. Let alone win sixteen three. It was. It was difficult. I'm not accusing Nip of anything because it's clear that they were suffering as a result of the mm. tournament organizer from no fault of their own, right? So that's why, in my opinion, at the end of the day, after everything that had happened, the map had to be replayed. Uh, because it was the, you know, otherwise you're just penalizing Nip for something that wasn't their fault, right? And the, yeah. the game was not played under fair terms. So I think it was, given everything that happened, I think it was the right decision. I think the right decision was made. Now, like I said earlier, I would have made a different decision in which Device would not have been playing in that rematch. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, that, that's, that, that would have been my personal call based on something that really had nothing to do with the technical issue, right? The problem is oh, go on. I was just going to say, the problem you've got with setting rematches up as something that's viable in the online era, I mean, the, the idea that uh, if something happens where one team is disproportionately affected, they can sort of appeal it. And if that is proven to be true, they're entitled to a rematch? Like, fuck. Uh, you, you, you would probably find that Look, the average tournament would have half a dozen of these instances. I, I agree with you. And again, I think that this is a very fringe case because had the problem been persistent, then the match wouldn't have happened. But the problem was perceived to have been solved. You know what I mean? That's the key mm -hmm. difference here.
Um, sure. And then also that bring up the question though, because here's the problem. No matter what you say in that regard, I have to say I agree with the pro player sentiment when the rematch was announced, which is this happened because it was an IP that lost the game. Yes. I'm I sorry, can't... like I listen, I know people can say whatever they want, but I just do not believe that Anonymo ever could have forced this rematch. I wanna what do you think, Gomez? Because I mean, like I say, anyone from the old games like Source 1.6, it was pretty famous that if you're the famous team, like if you have Forest and get right on your team, you could sort of do whatever you want with the admins, they'll just do whatever you say, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I said that earlier on. Like the, the bigger team always gets better, better treatment. Um I've been on both sides of the coin. I've been on lower teams and, and higher teams and it's it's night and day the differences um and that goes across the board it's not just tournaments it's it's everything yes. um but one thing i um did want to bring up is like we we're criticizing nip for not having a second connection but like why don't we have multiple servers on different isps in the same cities like i mean the servers are cheap like they're 20 dollars. like can, can face it not or and, and esl and everybody else can we not have three in germany in frankfurt on different isps like I actually don't why, know if they don't, do or why not. Why don't they? No, they don't. None of them do, to my knowledge. Why doesn't anyone have any redundant servers yeah, in the same lo in the same location, but on a different ISP? Because the solution is like what you said. They go, oh, we'll just play in Sweden. Yeah, but that's a different city. Like I want to see redundancy yes. in yeah. in the same cities. I mean, there's that those costs are a lot cheaper than than teams providing extra connections. Like servers True. are way cheaper. It's a good point. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you so think on that, Richard? That example. Like, obviously, in this case, listen, I get it that the first yeah. people would say, listen, we would have done it for Anonymous. Like, what do you think on that? Oh, I mean, it, look, listen, I don't want to call uh, Monty out. It's never pleasant uh to sort of i didn't do, do i didn't have anything to do with this decision <laughs> i know no but i mean i mean because obviously I, I i believe you're of the opinion you think it would have been equally applied i mean look i'm just team, telling you correct? straight up you guys said earlier that it would have been a giant shit show had device mm -hmm. been disqualified like disqualified because True. of the yeah. things that he said i don't care I don't yeah. care like i would go out there announce it myself tank all of the aggro because that's just not how shit's gonna work under me yeah. You know, uh, so, so I have I standards. Mean, if you don't meet those standards, I don't care if you are a device. I don't care if everybody in Counter-Strike fucking hates me. I understand that that's part of the job of being commissioner. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I mean, for, for me, and I guess this will segue into a question I also wanted to ask, and I don't know how much you can say about it. But, you know, for me, it, it, it was clear that what was at play was the uh, there was definitely some political wrangling and and unfortunately best will in the world a small org like anonymo a new organization uh in uh a, 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 certainly in a different country to the one that's hosting the major um they they don't have the same level of pull or outrage or influence or whatever you want to call it and I think what would have happened, and I, 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 you know, I can never be sure on this, but I think what would have happened is, had the roles been reversed, I think not only would Anonymous have been told to suck it up and 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 get on with it, like you know, good little kids. I think NIP would have been leveraging public pressure and perception yeah. against them in the other direction. Yes. Yeah. I don't think they would have any sympathy whatsoever for their opponents because clearly what this was all about was showing that their new super signing was going to make them a viable team and, and a viable team that could go on and win the major in Stockholm on home soil for that org. So 
I I I also know because I was told by people at Flashpoint uh, that they were absolutely going spare and making all kinds of threats, which is the question I wanted to ask you. And I don't know if it's professional of you to answer it or how much you'd be willing to answer it. I don't know. Okay. I wasn't. So I know that there were conversations that were occurring between NIP Anonimo and, and the face it like admins and management, but I was not part of those conversations because I recused myself at the request of valve and it was not appropriate for me to be involved in those conversations, right? So I didn't sure. ask questions. I just said, I'm just going to walk away from this one, you know, um, because that's that's what I said I would do. And I honor my word in those scenarios. So I honestly cannot opine on what happened uh, so, in regards to that. So I, I, I was told that NIP in no uncertain terms said that they were going to complain to Valve directly and would um, um, were even talking about you know if like boycotting all future face events of any kind i have no idea that they were also going to talk to other members of the louvre teams uh and they were going to see if they could get other teams on board with it and basically try and leverage flash because one of the things nip fans i mean you know again i i I think now with your nip jersey you get a free fucking lobotomy it seems you um you, all the nip fans are going, well, what leverage do they have? like yeah all right mate fuck me uh <laughs> non obviously yeah you win nip of the good guys for sure uh but um yeah like basically it, it, you know I, I i my sources are internal to flashpoint i got i absolutely believe them they've got no reason to lie to me so um i mean that's another problem in and of itself right it feels to me that that leverage worked to some degree and then you you come circling back around to the competitive integrity question that if leverage can work and did work then by definition any decision even if it is right to the letter of the law is not fair because it yes. it, it, it is contingent on public pressure that exists outside of the tournament so that was why i was so uh, uh despondent about seeing the decision and seeing the replay my heart went out for other teams immediately um i've talked about this before there's a there's an israeli team called equus uh that were playing in the uh back when it was esl1 rio qualifiers were underway they played in the middle east uh closed qualifier and basically how it works is because of the huge geographical differences and the infrastructure issues they basically they 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 agreed to like tossing a coin so you play on one server that benefits you one server that benefits your opponents and they were playing um camel riders from the united arab emirates and basically when they were playing on the server that benefited the israeli team uh it was the the pings were kind of close together about 30 40 difference however when it played on the one that benefited the united arab emirates team it was 200 ping for the israelis and like five for the united arab emirate team and they somehow it, it went like what what your map their map your map they got to the decider in a best of five and they forfeited because they're like we can't play like that for for a decider and esl refused to budge refused to find a neutral server refused any solutions whatsoever the israeli team just got told you gotta eat shit on this and that was that that was their dream of qualifying for the world championship over so 
I don't know. I, I, and, and trust me, they had no pressure. They could leverage either. I don't think, and I, I think in that instance, if that was a European qualifier and that was a big name team that that happened to, I think ESL would, would probably do the same thing Flashpoint did. Um, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's right. I think the online standard has always been if you get fucked over by the internet, downside yeah, of playing on the internet. Yeah, yeah that's just how it is. I'm not even. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Gormas. Yeah. I was gonna say I don't even know if it's an if it's an esports issue. Like, I can see this happening in real life. Like, Nip have you know, a team of a thousand lawyers and they go to the judge, and you know, Anonymo have one guy and it's like yes. you know like the, the, the you know and it's like whatever. yeah, yeah exactly. exactly and he can't he can't handle it type thing and like you know you, it happens in in real life yes. just as much as it happens in esports. Um, yes. So it, yeah, that's what I was just gonna make that point. Yeah, I will even say, by the way, since we all know you can't stop esports fans going, but in football, listen, in your <laughs> beloved football, fucking your England probably could have won a World Cup, you daft cunts, but Maradona was allowed to literally punch <laughs> the ball on camera into the goal. They never even replayed that game, and you then, daft fuck. And, and he then, literally cheated and punched the ball in. We had then, to just go, well... Step up and just take the that on the chin, so. and then brag about it for like decades. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Literally <laughs> called himself the hand of God. That's yeah, so insane. just caught. Yeah, I did it. What are you gonna do about it? suck these nuts? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I still can't believe that happened. By the way, that I was know, like a real thing. No, way, no, I'm not, Mate, I'm not all the more reason to love him. Rest in peace, you beautiful bastard. Like, what a legend. Well, I'll do my quick rant now because another thing that I noticed was actually where, in my opinion, this topic got completely lost in the weeds, which is. You know, I said at the beginning that you should never come into really complicated, in this case, sometimes technical matters like this, where there's unknowns that haven't been ascertained yet and think, well, there's an easy answer. It's just do this. And you can instantly sort of cut through the Gordian knot. It's worse than that because fans got completely lost in this cul-de-sac of... Team A offered this and Team B was willing to do that. Like, that is literally completely irrelevant to this topic. Like, I don't even want to hear that. Because as Richard says, like, when that statement goes, Nip has kindly offered it. Nip doesn't make offers. Nip doesn't run tournaments. Nip are not tournament admins. So in this particular case, I'm sick and tired of this because it's, it's a mixture of pro players just not even knowing what their actual role is and being, like, over-entitled. But worse than that, fans propping them up and going, yeah, they're the pro player is always right oh if nico knows how to click my head click ahead with an ak he must also know the correct decision to an incredibly complicated fucking nuanced admin situation like i listen if you're a pro player it doesn't matter if you're a device or if you're a nobody that was never anyone you don't make offers on servers you don't say well i agree to do something else like have a rematch or i agree to play on a server that none of us actually have in the tournament or i agree to play under bad you don't agree or make offers in any way the admin makes all the decisions all you do do, as I said earlier, is you answer his questions, you give him the information he needs, he makes the decision, and once he's made the decision, you're absolutely within your rights publicly and privately, by the way, to say, I don't agree with the decision, I think so, but it's irrelevant at that point in time. You have no control over it. Because, by the way, if we allow that, you're going to get even worse examples of this abuse. Because I'll tell you what, the last thing I ever want is a scenario like this. And let's imagine it was another Swedish team playing against Nip and it's some young players. And then all of a sudden you have, like, legendary people like Device saying to some young player, well, come on, just play on our server that we've got. Like, I don't ever want... I never want to exist in that scenario. We're talking about a World Championship qualifier here, guys. Like, players should have zero input, in my opinion. Especially, That's way beyond their bounds. Especially because 
because again, it's a scenario that is rife for abuse. Oh yeah, why don't we just go well, play on the? Oh, we DDoSed ourselves. Let's play on this server that doesn't have anti cheat on it or that we have live Go TV links to. Right? It completely compromises the competitive integrity. And also, these players are so delusional. Like they don't even understand how the the CS:GO economy works. Like I said. There are reasons that we have to play on specific servers, reasons related to money regarding gambling sponsorships. Do you know who survives off of gambling sponsorship? The teams, e the TOs, <laughs> CSGO Esports. So these guys yeah, are like, actually. let me just undermine the entire way that we are getting our, our salaries paid here on our team. It's completely absurd. Like we can't do that. We can't just change servers to some open server on a dime. We're not a bunch of people, you know, it's not your friends who are just trying to find the best ping on a server to play on. It's not a friendly match. There are so many layers that of of infrastructure that are just it's the iceberg below the water. You guys don't even know the names of these companies that are that are yeah. the ones who are distributing data to the betting partners. So what happens is these companies, for example, pay tournament organizers to get access to the GoTV servers live so that then that information, they contract with the betting company so that they can feed that information from the API so that the betting companies can actually make their odds, right? So you have to think about all of these things and how the the entire ecosystem within CSGO works. But because the players don't know this and the fans don't know this, they just demand that you would go on a different server that could be compromised with wall hacks or aimbots or who knows what's going on there, right? You just have, you can't do it when it's not in a controlled environment, period. I, I also some random, love... I was no, just going to say, some random could have the Archon to your server. Yep. I mean, yep. and he can just Archon stats, he can get info, like... You definitely can't just use your own private server. No chance. I can't I, lie. I, there is a part of me would love to see that, just like, don't, we should just delete this episode. Let them do this. And then when you go on a random server in like an RMR, some fucker with like just setting all like your gravity settings, like a yeah. 1.6 players just flying around. Like, and apparently fans would just be going, this is fine. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with this. Yeah. Well, it spawns the tank. <laughs> you do realize fans, that is also the logic you're using when you say they agreed. By your logic, we could actually say, you know what, fuck it. For the, for the last map of the series let's make it full we'll play with half gravity but we both agreed so the two teams agreed what's the problem get out the way you dusty stuffed up old admin like <laughs> i want to ask actually gomez about this because gomez actually i think if he was back like i know that your team was at the event i was referencing the story on by the numbers of why you can't allow teams to do this of that famous one where i think it was i buy power right where it was the one where Heiko from team liquid mm. they were at the the brazilians in luminosity were trying to tell him he had to replay the game because like they wanted to agree to that because that cable got kicked out of that tournament, right? And famously, the, re the, the scenario a lot of people don't know is they claim, because it's just Brazilian fans say this, he calls like a piece of shit and wouldn't agree to it. No, what he called said famously was, I'm just going to go with the admin's decision because he knew, yes. by the way, the admin actually technically had to rule that like he didn't restart the round or whatever because that was what the rules were. But what the uh, what they now like fallen fur type guys were trying to do was they were trying to use this public influence of like, well, you know, for the fans, we should replay it or whatever. They were trying to do that and get him to just agree, like, yes. And then if they agreed, the tournament admins would have rolled over yeah. and just let it happen. So, like, this would happen a lot, wouldn't it, if you allowed just, this to be the case? And, and, players, and right? just to add to that, any fucking admin 
that says to the players, oh, hey, you guys can decide amongst yourselves or, you know, do you want to do that? Do you want to be, do you want to be sporting about it? By, Fuck by, you, by, brother, you're a piece of shit. You're yes. a fucking piece of shit. All, any admin that does that yep. should be fucking disqualified immediately from ever working so, in an admin capacity what, ever again. What was so funny to me, like, look, I didn't want all of the cis like rmr nonsense like i hate to see it you know what i mean like i didn't want that to go all of that to go down but in some ways the what happened there really vindicates a lot of the decisions that were made by face it and flashpoint such as here's why we couldn't just switch to a random server without anti-cheat or without any kind of go tv delay guys we couldn't just do that because of these reasons you know the entire nature of that rmr is unfortunately called into into suspicion now right um, you know, I was shocked when I saw that the teams had voluntarily agreed to divide RMR points in that fifth place match. Wow. Let yeah. me let me let me give you a hint here, guys. You don't get to decide where the RMR points go. That's Valve's job. You can't just manipulate RMR points, which is why Valve had to step in later and say, no, you are going to play this. I was shocked they even had like the balls to go out there and say, yeah, it's our choice. We get to decide where the RMR points go. Like, I would the, never presume to decide that, to make that, that decision. The, Holy was shit. That the arrogance, dude. <laughs> it was going to actively fuck over a team yes. they had a legitimate grievance yes. with as well. <laughs> I know. But it, but it's just you it's know. just wild to me. Like, because the way that, that I would approach the RMR is like, we, you know, we are supplicants of Valve and the Valve circuit, and thank you, Mr. Valve, for giving us the RMR, but ultimately, everything that has that is done must be approved by Valve, right? Um, and the RMR points are much bigger than one RMR event. They're much bigger than one tournament organizer. It's not our circuit, okay? Uh, so I would never presume to, like, divide up rmr points so i was like i was actually like floored when i saw that, that i was like there's no way valve approved that <laughs> then... just to just to uh move us all, along at a brisker pace because i know that the cis rmr uh by episode is of it. yeah well there's a couple more things that we do need to talk about in relation okay. to flashpoint sure. and the first one is obviously the overtime rules which generated uh, a little bit sure. of drama uh, basically, it was discovered that the overtime rules that were traditionally used at Valve events were the one where you have uh, $10,000 uh, uh, start money. At Flashpoint, they were using 16k. Uh, and there were all the, there were three overtime maps that this impacted. Funnily enough, including the Anonymo Nip one. So I demand a rematch of the rematch, sir. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the uh, so um, this was changed partway through, and I just wanted to ask uh, Monty about you know that and and what happened there, and whether or not you think that's a big deal, and whether or not, as some people were saying, it should be disqualifying for Flashpoint. It was such a critical major error. Uh, I do think it was uh, a major error. Uh, I think it. So previously, I, I think why this occurred was that in previous, again, I was not part of this process uh, with this event. Um, I do know that we decided to use 16K for previous Flashpoint events because I, I think it's better, in, in my opinion. Um, and I know Duncan also was part of those conversations previously. Uh, and I think that it was just not changed on the servers for this event. Um, and then they mistake was discovered and it was changed 
but yes I, that's just on flashpoint was know? it what were there internal discussions about replaying the games that were affected i i can't i did not hear any but maybe i don't yeah. know because i kind is, of felt that the genie was out the bottle at that point yeah but the problem is there was no one angry in swedish shouting about it so yeah. somehow it just, it just didn't, really, didn't, really, didn't really get to the top of the priority pile you know so. if, if 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 uh if there's a lapse in competitive integrity and device doesn't make a sound does did it happen you know? <laughs> exactly it's the old philosophical question isn't it um, if time. you don't have to worry about a former legendary player's firm kicking your head in, then at the next land, then <laughs> is it really a concern for the admin? That's my yeah, question. Philosophical to the end, you know. By the way, two things I'll just say before we move on from this topic, because I may as well get it out now on the flashpoint thing, is I said this to Richard on By the Numbers, so I'll reiterate it here in case people are only going to watch this one, because obviously it was a few weeks ago we did that. Yeah. That's actually one of the saddest things about this whole situation. I know Monty publicly came out and like, said he wasn't going to be involved in the decision and stuff. This is one th a moment where, not just for the obvious reasons, I'm actually really glad I wasn't involved with Flashpoint, because two things that I have always wanted to see improved in Counter-Strike is, one, this whole thing with admins, where players just pop off and think they can just do whatever the fuck they want and basically treat the admin like he's some fucking low-level waiter in like a fancy restaurant who they can just get fired at a whim you know if he like brings the wrong meal or whatever like i hate that because I, like i've always just thought like not only is it just bad for the scene like look at what create atmosphere it's going to create where that guy's going to feel like his job isn't valued at all but even worse as i alluded to before i had to go through over 10 years of knowing that big name players are abusing their position and getting decisions their way and getting rules changed or getting extra consideration that no one else would get and as i've said in the past when i used to sit at home on a hltv server typing a fucking lurpus like talking shit on all the players that we weren't at the land with or whatever we used to always say whenever these incidents happened like one day i hope there actually are admins who have the balls to tell the players no or like if you do this you're disqualified or i'm not gonna you know it's in the rules that's what it is it doesn't matter who you are you could be the biggest name player in the world these are the rules and i will say as far as i can tell some of the people like me how for me they do seem like they actually do that like they actually have finally met that standard so i just found it sad because i understand there's certainly more context that i didn't myself know we found out from monty here about the way the decision was made and what nip was doing and how that led them to believe the game could still be played but i hate the idea that again people like face it who've been around all of csgo doing these admin things they're not beginning people guys that's why as soon as there was a massive issue i knew it had to be more complicated than some simple thing that you could ascertain in five minutes yeah. these people are experts at like they're professional this is their jobs yeah. guys they're professional they like this is they get paid a full-time job to do this <laughs> so, so my problem in that particular case is I, I don't want admins to be like essentially automatically assumed to be incompetent and wrong by players or anyone else in the community if they are wrong they can carry a cam for it and they can apologize and take the responsibility yes but like people have to understand it's actually a very important job this is like imagine. I know no one does respect the referees in sports, etc. But they, the sport cannot run without them. It would be chaos without them. So like, it, it, it's a job where I hope pro players actually understand that. Like, this isn't just about like bagging on pro players. It's that they're, they're out of touch with these admins. They don't understand that. Like, essentially, you can't make it like it's ten years ago and you're just reaming a guy out because you're upset about something. You being upset doesn't make doesn't make up for like lack of professionalism. You have to be a professional. And also, thank God that this doesn't happen more often in esports. I mean, sure. the admins generally do a very good job in the industry these yep. days. And also, for all of you people who watch traditional sports out there, aren't you happy that there isn't like a billion like refereeing scandals 
every playoffs or every season. Like, traditional sports are a million, million, million times yes. worse. Like, let's all be grateful that this happens with such, you know, irregularity within the esports yep. scene because we are not really bound by human decision making very much because the game sets the rules for us. Yes. Right? With very few expectations. There isn't missing a call or like fucking up a call like there is in sports constantly. Every game, something is missed or, or there's a mistake that's made by the rest. We don't have to deal with that. Thank God. Yeah. Um, so just last question about the Flashpoint stuff, because you alluded to it um, uh, uh, on Twitter. Uh, I mean, for me, one of the things that I've just become increasingly like disenchanted with the Counter-Strike scene in general and just esports uh, <laughs> at large is kind of like the way that the... It, it used to be, sure, you always played favorites, but there was some sort of big picture awareness. Certainly in Counter-Strike, where it felt the community used to be a bit more mature. But now it seems to be that people genuinely root for failure without, you know, of certain entities without actually thinking through what would come next. So, yes. you know, in the instance of Flashpoint, you know, me and Duncan have dunked on Flashpoint many times. I'm sure we'll do it again. But equally, I can see the virtues and the importance of new leagues and ladders and tournament organizers and companies and sponsors and investors and all of that yeah, coming of into the space um and yet it seems to me the standard flashpoint is held up to compa compared to other tos is ridiculous and it's predicated on as far as i can tell two things primarily one, Thorin used to work for Flashpoint and morons who think they're entitled to an opinion when they don't even look up like just basic facts before they open their stupid fat fucking mouths think Thorin still works there. Uh, and two, you work there, <laughs> Monty. And, and that, as far as I can tell, is, is Flashpoint's greatest crimes. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, um, I think... I stand with the decision that that Face It and Flashpoint made in regards to this, given the information that was available. I think the decision was reasonable. Um, obviously, I I share some of your concerns uh, uh, clearly about the standard that it sets, but I think this was such a fringe case that it, it, it's not really likely to happen again. And I think for the most part, Flashpoint three went very smoothly. I think Flashpoint is doing very interesting things with production that we just don't see from other TOs. Like, we again sent all of the camera crews out to the team facilities or the player houses so that you actually get live interviews in an online era, right? We're the only one doing, like, that kind of hype video stuff. We do skits. Like, we do fun stuff. Um, you know, we we bring in, we brought in people who weren't on site to, to kind of cut in and do telestration analysis for us, like Alan, like we found a lot of creative solutions to problems during the pandemic. And I, you know, am I frustrated that we've never been able to run Flashpoint the way that we would have liked because of the, the COVID pandemic? Yes. But at the same time, I think we're doing things that no other TO is doing. And I think that it, it pushes the entire scene forward. Like, in the same way that ESL and Blast push us forward to do things, like, I love Blast production. I think Blast is excellent. Um, but I also want to make an excellent product. And outside of this one incident, I think the whole tournament was pretty smooth overall and offered some good content and some really high-quality matches of Counter-Strike. And, you know, I hope people enjoyed it. <laughs> That's it. But I, I, I don't understand why, you know, we're held to this different standard and, like, even by the teams themselves, which is weird. Because if I'm a team, I don't, like, 
teams, do, do you want an ESL monopoly? Is like that? Is that what you think is good? Do you think you're going to make money from that scenario? No. Well, I mean, I mean, they, <laughs> they, 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 they sort of think, yeah, actually. Well, okay, but it's because they have competition. As soon as the competition goes away, you think ESL is going to be so generous? No, they're not. That's just it's business. Weird. That's this just is, business, not, not shade at ESL. You can like this, Richard, because I'm now going to reveal something I was told within Flashpoint about Nicola Lyon. Oh, the fuck. Isn't that rich, Nick? Hey, both of us can play that game. By the way, I've got fucking silos you don't even know about, motherfucker. But okay, here's what I heard within Flashpoint. You'll like this. Even okay. Nicola Lyon supposedly actually acknowledged just privately that the battle between Flashpoint and ESL did get them a better loofer agreement. Yeah, even, it, even the devil that, gives us a fucking Jew. Do, do, you, do you think that <laughs> ESL would have offered money to the, the Louvre agreement teams or as much as they did without the existence of Flashpoint? Of course not. That's not a set like it's again, it's not throwing shade. It's just not a rational business decision it's, it's for, for for a tournament organizer. Like we probably wouldn't have either if I like I wouldn't have if, yes. if I was in that same scenario. Right. So it it has been good for many of the teams. It has been good for the players, for the teams in particular, um, that there has been competition. And I continue to believe that that is true. Because what made this perfect, by the way, and we can obviously segue to the CIS stuff now, is basically the timing of this, because it happened with Flashpoint, and then obviously it was like, you know, a week later that now we had all this CIS RMR stuff. And you guys in the community, you fucking played yourselves so hard, because you spunked your entire lord on Flashpoint, device yeah. style, saying like, you should never host a bloody event, Vantage Banner, they should be removed from the earth itself, like, just going so over the top. Then... We moved to another RMR in which, by the way, if you asked me, listen, ignoring like the online offline component, if the major was played tomorrow and it was played online, I'm just going to use that to, to make it a reasonable context. The, the CIS RMR has more favorites to win the major than the EU one does right now. Like that in theory should be the most yeah. important RMR in the context that we need the top teams to get to the major to make the major as awesome as possible. So the idea that when you look at the CIS RMR, you're like, eh, don't really care. It's like, well, then you don't care about the issue itself. Because like I say, this isn't like, but I'm not from CIS. No, we're talking about World Cups right now. They're the best teams in the world. Gambit, fucking Na'Vi, Vertus Pro. Like, these are the best teams in the game. Like, that, if you actually cared about these topics and not just because, fuck, Flashpoint and Monty and Thorin, then you should really care about this so, one. Like, this one, so, by the way, had way more offenses than uh, what we're yeah, going to get into. I, I'm going gonna, gonna to make an analogy here, okay? I'm going to make an analogy. So... This situation is like when the U.S. was involved in Vietnam and just bombing the shit out of everything and like questionable if the fans are like the U.S. in the in this scenario. You guys just right. came and you just bombed the shit out of Flashpoint, right? You just bombed it everywhere. And what happened after the Vietnam War was that a lot of the, they started bombing Cambodia, right? And because the, the the insurgents, like the 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 Northern Vietnamese, were going through using Cambodia, they didn't care about the border. So you start bombing Cambodia. This causes massive displacement in Cambodia, and then here comes Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge. And the U.S. at that point is like, well, everybody's tired of war, so we're just gonna let this ride, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, that was the actual righteous conflict, guys. You missed the one you should have been involved in because you were so. Involved in this dumb bullshit instead. So, uh, Gomez, just before we talk about Paul Pot some more, uh, <laughs> uh, are there any final thoughts about Flashpoint you want to just chip in and say uh, before yeah. we move on to the CIS stuff? Do we miss anything? Is there any obvious angle like that we haven't brought up? I just think in general, all the tournament organizers get a get a pretty rough 
rough stick. I think if ESL made a mistake, it, it, there would have been an equal amount of people. There would have been different people, but it would have been just yes. as many, mm. you know, calling for Carmack's head, you know, even if he had nothing to do with it. You know, like people just associate, I guess, like figureheads with different companies. And if you don't like that person, if it was Blast, like I'm sure Nicola Nyholm still would have copped it, even though he probably has absolutely nothing to do with it. I mean, just Arsenal, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, but like, I think like it's just... People are just, I mean, it, it, they're just not happy with the product. And I don't, I don't think that's really justified. I think that all the top tier ones are doing a, a pretty good job in general. Um, and people just want to complain about whatever. It's like, it's like politics. I picked a side and now that's their, yes. side, for, that's their side for life. You know, you're the ESL or you're, or you're not, or you're Flashpoint or you're not. And as soon as they do something wrong, it's like, haha, you know, like, Retweet all the tweets and, you know. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'll tell you right now, and I know some of these guys, hmm. even though in this particular instance, they would want you to understand how difficult a scenario it was and how, you know, it was unfair. Listen, they would have done the little sneak dick monkey fucking retweet of like a comment, like me bagging on ESL or something if it was ESL. They'd do that cheeky little, Nick would do his fucking little retweet. He'd get one in there, all the like, the, the shadow likes. He'd, you know, less people are going to check those. Like, obviously everyone in the, like, that's just the industry bullshit, isn't it? The tribalism. Yeah. Of course, people would do that. I agree. Yeah. It's a Reddit thing too. Like, oh, let's let's make a you know a controversial topic to get the, to get the likes to get the karma. Yeah, but see, yeah, you, know, like, you know what you know what we would do on this show is that if this had been ESL's problem, we would have just invited somebody from ESL to come on here and had a reasonable fucking conversation. That's why this show is important, guys. This show is very important because this is the only place you're going to get reasonable ass takes on esports drama. Because we we wait. It's the only place you might ever see me on a live stream with Carmack in this fucking incarnation. Boys. <laughs> like, it's not the only chance you've ever got. Like so, I, mean, I, I don't you know give what? a shit. Anybody is welcome into the arena here. You know what I mean? Like the point is for people to be able to have a platform to discuss yeah, things sure. in a rational and in depth manner. I mean, I'll, I'll just add as well to uh, to Gomez's point. You know, it's like. It, it, what, one of the comments I read all the time on the CSGO subreddit, especially these days, is, wow, it feels like there's a drama every five minutes. That's you, dickhead. I know, isn't it? That's you, <laughs> dickhead. You're the one that sees the thing happening, puts it on social media, right? Tells all your mates, yeah, tells all your mates to fucking upvote it, shares it on your Discord. You're the one who drives the conversation and comments in it 50 times. All of you upvoting it and put it on the front page. Half of this shit don't need to be discussed. Half of this shit ain't a big deal. Like, did yes. we really need five fucking threads about Flashpoint cutting away at the end of a round when someone's saving a gun? Did we need that? Probably not, guys, but it was a big deal, wasn't it? Because what you do, you don't care about the principle, you care about the drama, and you care about dunking on people you don't like while promoting people you do like. Oh, the floodgates were opened after that, weren't they? It was like, yeah. oh, and Flashpoint, it's actually you are, not your, on the <laughs> fucking, like, all right, mate. Yeah. yeah. There's it now, yeah. everything, in it? Just everything that's wrong. I literally saw someone make a thread, right? <laughs> they were so dumb. There was a bit where they were like playing like almost like outtakes from like James Bardolph, like right. for, for humor purposes. Yes, and yes. Somebody made a thread going, Flashpoint have just hot mic to James Bardolph. Listen to all the outrageous right. things yeah. he's saying. And it's like, it's not a hot mic, dickhead, is it? It's like the whole, you, anyone who thinks it is as well, it's like fucking hell. If he ever sees a magic show, that guy, it's going to blow his mind. He's oh. saw in a woman in a, he's going to go mental. Space. 
He's going to call me. <laughs> please, yeah, please. I've witnessed the murder. You know, like fucking absolute cretin. So anyway, yeah. I was gonna say, it's a free product, by the way, as well. Like, you know, this is all this is entirely free. You know, you don't have to pay a cent to, to view this. And then it's like you cut for like two seconds and then there, you know, there's six threads about it. And yet my local TV provider at does all. this, you know, daily, weekly. Right. You know, whatever. Literally free so. product. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, we'll get on to the CIS RMR, which uh, is like something out of the eSports Dark the, Ages. Um, basically, it's a tournament that's been essentially compromised from start to finish. There's a, I mean, you've got the initial issue that the people hosting it uh, own a team that were in it. And that team just so happened... To be fair, that's true of Flashpoint any... as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I was going to add that caveat, but it's it's good of you to address that. And yeah, probably should be disqualifying for both companies, in my opinion. But yeah. uh, but I, I think we've just made peace with conflict of interest in esports. I think on some, like, fucked up level, we acknowledge that without it, we just don't exist. So we just put up with it. So. It's like Australian it's football. Me and you always get when we bring it up yeah. is there's people who are just sort of like, look, we all know, stop bloody going, yeah, no. stop rocking the boat. That's yeah. like the vibe I get from people in the industry. Like, I'm trying to fix the industry. Yeah. <laughs> like, just fucking yes, we all know all there's right. a little man behind the curtain, but we just really <laughs> like Oz. We, we think it's exactly. a great society, you know? So anyway, um, yeah, so there was that, and that was obviously Virtus Pro. Virtus Pro did happen to get a bunch of favorable draws, seemingly. Obviously, I'm not accusing them of anything, but I couldn't even make the allegation if the ownership didn't exist. Conflict yes. of Interest 101, ladies and gentlemen. Then, early in the tournament, DDoSing started occurring, which, as anyone can tell you, should be profoundly difficult in this day and age for all the things That's that we've listened for, for a decade, has it? Yeah, uh, like it's like 2013, 2014, the skins era all over again. Number of DDoS attacks in games that seem to involve Gambit a lot, but generally, whenever a favourite was playing a, an underdog, hmm, yes. I wonder if betting was driving this. Now, the, 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 the problem you had with the DDoSing as well is almost certainly someone with access to the player IPs, so i.e. from in the allegedly hermetically sealed uh, competitive environment has leaked those, uh, which will it'll probably become abundantly clear why that might have happened in a bit. Then we had a team um, accused, let's say, uh, of cheating throughout. They seem to be looking at something. Right while they were playing and in bizarre situations. Yes. That was when the camera feed was working. A lot of the time it wasn't. It's a requirement, by the way, in an RMR to have a camera feed for all of the players. I know, I just worked one, and the only tech pauses we had at that event related to that. Uh, you have to have them working. They didn't seem to care too much about that. Then you had zero competitive integrity protections as far as I could tell. There was no anti-cheat. I don't think you need one. I don't think it should be disqualifying to not have your own anti-cheat client. An anti-cheat is a sophisticated piece of software. Not everyone can afford to develop them. So that's fine. But, you know, maybe something to think about for future RMRs. I mean, you could license someone else's anti-cheat, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yeah, sure. Easy anti-cheat or, you know, whatever it is. Um, or a direct competitor, But if they would be willing to do it. I think I've seen ESL actually lend wire out to some people in the past um they didn't record player communications it's an area fraught with peril sure um 
uh, like the coaching yeah, thing, obviously, G, yeah, G, more, yeah, GDPR yep. and all that stuff. Uh, so maybe that's not a big deal, but they didn't record POV demos, which is staggering to me. Um, in a tournament of this stature, there are no if people POV don't understand, demos. by the way. One of the main problems in terms of players getting accused of cheating is that it comes from a Go TV rendering of what they're doing in the game, which I believe off the top of my head, aren't they like 32 tick? And obviously, people mm. want like 128 tick as like the professional standard in Counter Strike. So, what you're saying there is the demo basically is downscaled from what the actual actions are. And so, the most famous example ever I'll use because it's one that in theory was shown not to be a problem was the one where Fallen was playing an SK on cobblestone and he did a scout shot and because of yeah. how it like compresses the data to not have to use as much space it made it look like he just like went along and up like that but that was actually because it rendered like a diagonal move as as like an along and an up yeah. basically so the point here is if you watch the demo as all the maniacs do they watch that demo like it's the fucking zapruda film and they're like Brr. I'd say, look at this frame. It's like, but you're not actually watching what happened in the game. So the, what, what point Richard's making is with no POV demos, you're actually opening the door to almost anyone getting accused of cheating in the game. Whereas yeah. if you could show the POV, looks nothing like that, then instantly the problem's gone in there. Then it was revealed by a Forza player called Zorte that the GoTV relay had... There was a GoTV relay in existence for all games that had zero delay, that was passworded, and he only found this out when playing a game because he noticed what he described as Chinese guys sitting there watching their match. Uh, I'll, I'm happy to explain in a moment why that's fucking outrageous. But then on top of all of that, I just got told today, literally in preparation for this show, uh, by people who worked on that Epicenter broadcast, that in no way was that Go TV relay with zero seconds delay, even though it was password protected. In no way was that kept under wraps, like under lock and key. That stream was given out to every caster that worked the event, every admin that worked the event, and just various other people around the broadcast uh, side of things. So in other words, oh, and all the admins. So in other words, this highly privileged piece of information that really should be going out to a very limited number of people, your betting data partners, the people running the tournament, and that's about fucking it. Uh, also, other broadcast partners. So like, yeah. so I, I, to describe where this usually goes is like if there are alternate language broadcast partners that are operating productions like that, that would go there um, potentially. But you could also send them a delayed feed and it, probably wouldn't matter that much because the way you yeah. I, i'm pretty sure the way it works i could be wrong about this but for example we are delaying our stream by five minutes but if we give somebody a delayed feed and they just broadcast it instantly then it should be happening at basically the same time right yeah. so yeah. that that yes. also eliminates that problem potentially and uh, yes. so basically uh it, it in my opinion given that it is compromised on not one level and not in one match, but all matches on multiple levels. For me, the entire RMR, the only way you can have any form of integrity within the circuit now is to replay I it. I think you have to replay then, that entire tournament as well. Yeah, the whole thing's yes. rotten. And by yeah. the way, also, but what's even more wild happen. is that Perry Match, who is one of the biggest betting partners in Russia, yep. uh, had to refund all of the bets on the match, which that tells you a lot. 
by the way, they have the most hilarious possible way of saying it in the tweet. Because what they said was, this are no accusations, just a gift. And as I said to Richard, just think, right, I won't cast a on Paramatch in particular because I don't know them directly, but essentially we're seeing a betting company saw a load of people bet on presumably the favourite, lose money, and then went, we're not saying anything, but just have your money back. Like, what the fuck is your business model? Like, that literally <laughs> is your business model. So all I'm going to say is, if you're a fan... I don't think there's even like you can surely read between the lines on that one. By the way, one thing I want to ask Gomez about because again, I want to just get like a contrast or a corroboration depending on which he goes with, right? What I said earlier, where when Richard said there's people have been DDoSed, like, dude, that's something I haven't heard of being vaguely relevant for literally like half a decade or something. Like, I'm thinking of like the bad old days, like 2014, 2015, when, you know, like real matches in like online tournaments would be delayed in the upper bracket final or whatever. Like, as far as I knew, that wasn't even really an issue anymore for players. Like, is it in, in this scenario, do you ever hear about it happening anymore? If it happens, would you agree with Richard that it's just like you've been too loose with the security of the IP or something? What would you say to that, Gomez? Uh, I haven't heard of it happening at all in the last four years. 2016, I reckon, was probably the last time. Um, but it can it can happen very easily. Uh, I don't want to... Ah, fuck it, I'll just say it anyway. When players pro players join these deathmatch servers, they're, they're owned by kids or whoever. Like, we don't know who owns these servers. They They join the one with the lowest ping, and it's got the most people in it. You know, it's got 30 players. I'm going to join that one. If you own that server or you're an admin on that server, and often you can buy it, you can buy the admin because that's how they make the money, the servers. You can just do a console command, archon status. It'll just bring up all the players in the server, their Steam IDs and their IPs. You know? As a leak, obviously, yes. Yeah. And, and well, these are where people are practicing. Uh, co- uh, VoIP, certain types of VoIP servers if you're an admin as well and, right. you, you, and you connect to them. TeamSpeak's the big one. Uh, TeamSpeak yep. is what ravaged the uh, MD, uh, sorry, ESEA Premier now, of course. Uh, ESEA Premier playoffs that they just had. That was DDoS in uh, Oblivion as well. Uh, again, because it was just small NA teams, no one seemed to give too much of a fuck about that. But basically their entire playoffs were compromised because someone, for the lulls, <laughs> literally leaked uh, all the IPs of several players across several teams, not even for any rhyme or reason, as far as we can tell. Like, literally did it because they thought it would be hilarious. And I must admit, it must have it like. must have been an issue at some point because I think the last two tournaments ESL ran when we were in NA still, so maybe New York and Cologne, we'll call it, or Beijing, they tried to get us to use VPNs and join their specific TeamSpeak and not, not let us use our own. Yeah. Um, we did it in the end because we used the LAN TeamSpeak that no one has access to because it's, it's, it's LAN, it's closed down. Um, and we only wanted to use that one because of no delay. You know, we, so we were, we were at no risk at all of our TeamSpeak being leaked because it was a LAN one that I create on the day and it, it gets deleted and recreated daily. Um, and it's on a land network, so no one's no one's getting access to that. But um, as, you, as you can see, that is the type of protection you have you have to take. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, the reason why IPs generally get leaked is people who want to fix matches um, or heavy betters uh, want to have the ability to get the bets cancelled at any time. And how it works in esports betting, for those who don't know, for those who never plays to bet, if a game is cancelled due to DDoS activity, all bets are refunded. So nobody loses, essentially. Um, and that's been standard practice across all these betting sites. So what 
heavy betters and match fixers want is they pay to get the IPs um, and then they have them on standby because if someone's not playing ball or if uh, there's a, a win coming their way, that, that that's going to cost them money. They deploy the botnet and the, and the bets get refunded. And that was what was hap- that's been happening in CSGO since the skins era. And I'm amazed it isn't more prevalent, frankly, in, in the cash era. But certainly in Tier 2, Tier 3, certainly in Asia uh, and the CIS regions, you will see a lot of DDoSing happening at lower levels for that for that reason. When I saw the, the pair match thing, I thought it was just a, like a loyalty grab. Because like they're fairly new into the into the scene in the region. I'm not sure if it's been a rebrand of something else, but to my knowledge, they they weren't around what 12 months ago, under that name anyway. And I'm just wondering if they were trying to get more people to come to their side by offering these sort of looser terms. There's like, something oh, that match... there, mate. Uh, there's something there that I'm, I, I'm I'll just intimate it and let it dangle. Uh, but Paramatch are new. And they have come into the space, and they they uh, are the official sponsor of Epicenter, uh, the official betting sponsor. And they sponsor a couple of esports teams. They sponsor Fnatic, I think. Um, and it just felt to me that it was almost like a show of solidarity because Virtus Pro were one of the affected teams with the in Possibly, the Akuma yeah. match. And obviously, you know, you've got a business relationship. With ES Force Holdings that own Virtus Pro, I, I I kind of feel, and this is based on nothing, you know, there's no evidence, I haven't seen an email or had anything leaked to me. I just kind of felt it was more about that, that there was going to be there was going to be this full court press because Na'Vi and VP had been negatively affected by the Sakuma team. And so returning bets and intimating that there was something untoward helped strengthen their position. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, if you bet with Betway, for example, and you, your match didn't get refunded, your bet, sorry, didn't get refunded, mm. and your best friend bet on Perimatch and he gets his money back, well, you know where that guy's going to bet his next one because it's yeah. perceived that the Perimatch are, like, understanding of the industry and, you know, maybe that match was sketchy and, like, you know, you can get your money back and they're totally above board and fully legit, you know? Like, I wonder if it was a bit of a, just a publicity grab to burn yeah, the, think, the money uh, that they would have... I think that's a good read too. I think, um, but yeah, certainly. Um, I guess. I guess. Do, do you want to get into the cheating allegations, then, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, I'll. I'll, I'll wait. I'll go last. I guess. Do you want to describe oh, yes. what, the, what the the allegations are what, first? Explain what the situation yeah. is then. So, sure, basically, uh, as I said earlier, uh, what happened was during the Akuma matches. So Akuma come out. They play their first game. It's against Gambit. They have a super close defeat, including they took like Gambit to double OT or something on the first map and then lost 16-13. And everyone's going, oh, wow, isn't the CIS region so strong? Look at this guy, Sensei. He's dropped 50 kills. Wow. These guys will be certainly a team to watch moving forward in the CIS RMR. How right you were. Um, and, yeah, then they play, I think it was Na'Vi next, and they 2-0 Na'Vi. And they 2-0 them in a fashion that, not I mean, Na'Vi can fuck up a cup of coffee, let's be real. But, you know, at the end of the day, they managed to avoid simple or pre-fire simple. He's completely neutralized, the best player in the, in the world uh, across two maps. So people are scratching their heads saying, well, what's going on here? They then go and play Virtus Pro and they 2-0 them as well. 
And everyone's like, well, what the fuck's going on? So people start looking at the streams. And lo and behold, it just looks like in inexplicable situations, one player in particular, that Sergis guy, but there, there was others, they keep doing this thing where they're looking up. And they're mo they're moving and like and, and and they're playing still, and it's in clutch situations usually. And it's like, yeah, listen, I'm dog shit at the game, but I'd be more dog shit if I played like that. Fucking hell, what are you doing? You you just you do not stare at your radar in clutch situations for that length of time. And I had a number of players, not just CIS ones, because they've got a vested interest in all the shenanigans. I had several. Uh, top players before I did buy the numbers yesterday. You know, people who've been to majors, competed at majors, uh, what they thought about it, and they said, won't commit to saying anything publicly, but yeah, he's looking at something that you shouldn't be looking at in that situation. There's no way. So, those are the cheating allegations as it's been laid out, and so people are saying that they had access to radar, or maybe they were using that GoTV relay we just talked about, or those the those two the things that, that I thought of first, but then I've started to think about it more. It could have even just been a private stream. Like, the guy could have just been Discord, uh, Discord screen sharing his him, you know, as the thing. And there'd be no logs for that. Because yes. I thought, like, the whole time, I'm pretty sure the GoTV logs, the IPs that connect to it, you, know, you could just check, you know, did did their LAN, you know, connect yeah, to Yeah, that's what I said. There's no Go way TV. you'd be dumb enough to use the GoTV because if Valve come forward and say... I we want to see all the Go TV logs, then it's going to be there, and you just bang to rights. Yeah, but it could have been a screen. I mean, the technology now is so easy. Like we're using it right now. Like the Discord screen share is like <laughs> the yeah, one everybody's click Discord doing it. like uh, streaming yeah. is super effective, right? Yeah, yeah. And one thing that I've just come to realize um, in my new role here is with League of Legends, they use the, the webcams, but they face the screen. They're not using them for broadcast. They, yeah. they make them set them up sort of near their, I guess, elbow and aimed mm -hmm. at their screen so they can see what their screen looks like at all times. Right. Um, that that would solve some things, maybe. Yeah. Um, you'd have to have stop a... someone potentially having a setup where you could see the radar of the other person, all this cheat. We're yeah, about, right? yeah you, I mean, you would see actual cheats. You would see little yes. things on second monitors. You would see, you'd see quite a bit. Uh, maybe that's something we need to look at. Um, I haven't really thought it through, but... Yeah, when I joined LOL and they told me, you know, make sure your players have got their cameras facing the, the monitor. And I'm yeah. like, surely you want to see the heads for the production. They're like, no, don't don't care about that as much. We want to see who's, um, you know, what's on their screens and making sure they're not cheating and making sure the correct player's playing. That seemed to be a big concern in League of Legends. And I and my reply to that was, well, who are these better players? Like, can I sign them instead? <laughs> that <laughs> one know? does seem like, kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like who are these people that could possibly play? But um, so I don't know. Maybe we could we could look at that for a tournament or two just to see what what people are looking at. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he was looking at. Um, it came out later. I think Chad and Chris J. I think said there's there's this bug with uh with the radar and the bomb, which is like. Apparently that's been in the game. Chad, I think Chad said Yam eventually originally told him, and Yam was in our team in 2015. So like, if that's been in the game for four years, that's that's an interesting bug that's that's lasted the entirety of of competitive Counter Strike. Not surprised it was Yam that found it, not Ricky, because of course he would have never seen fucking anything on the radar, would he? There, whatever. Too old, too old a joke. Too old a joke. 
You don't know no, that story about Ricky? No, were you, were you not? Know, like he's there on your screen. He was like, oh, sorry, my bad. No, were you think, you're you thinking of Ricky, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I said. I said, oh, obviously, right, so you I think you said you about Ricky. Uh, yeah, that's the point. Because he had that ridiculous one where you couldn't see something on his screen. Yeah. It's um, still one of the most ridiculous stories I've ever heard. I mean, like, I, I'm just gonna, I, like, I, I care less and less about people crucifying me for, but like, context, by the way, opinions. Blade himself said he thought we yeah. were 100% cheating, which I actually what, personally think I, what, I will what makes say. It worse? Not, let me tie this a second or something because yeah. I will say, I, you notice I'm always very careful. Like, I think this was probably cheating. Key word is think. Like, I have no evidence whatsoever. I have, like, even circumstantial evidence is what I'm going off in the actual, like, fucking camera thing we're talking about like what i'm essentially going off is i feel like they looked for way too long there i even feel like i get it it's hard to tell because the angle of the cameras isn't always from the top of the camera but i felt like they weren't even look it didn't even look like they were looking on their monitor it looked like they were looking to something else because they were looking so far up and away and again the amount of time they were looking while sometimes alive in the round so to me it, that implied you thought whatever you're looking at is more important than anything on your screen that is extremely rare for counter-strike like in my, in my opinion counter-strike like I saw people were trying to link to like simple clips when he looks. He looks for half a second, like, and then looks back. Or you look where your peripheral, like you might in League of Legends, look at the map every now and then. You don't just look fully at it and look at nothing while moving around on the screen. Like that, that to me beggared belief. So I would yeah. say though, just to very briefly say this, just like I don't think Fallen and the MIBR players ever should have publicly said that Leaf cheated or publicly intimated that he cheated in their scenario. I don't personally think if you played, you should ever say something like 100% sure they did it. Like certainly say you have suspicions or you didn't lie, you, you think there was some... Something going on. The problem is, if you say 100% that they cheated, mate, you're effectively doing what them did, which is all your fans are just going to go, they obviously cheated, and then it'll never matter whether they did or not. They get the same public punishment, don't they? Yeah. Just to get that out of the way. Yeah, no, I, I think, look, if you if you ask me, I think there's something very wrong here. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Like, the the it's hilarious because I've had the same thing, like, you know, the moronic Brazilian CS fans tweeting at me saying, you're a hypocrite for not calling out Blade for saying that, right? So here's the difference. Bunch of very good young NA players beat your shit washed up Brazilian team. <laughs> and, right, you, your mind can't comprehend that's valid bunch of people players who no fuck has ever heard of batter the best teams in the world and then after being accused immediately can't get to double figures in the in the rounds while there is video footage of them looking at something we don't know what it is not a comparable situation <laughs> i think on the balance of probability i think you like th there is no balance of probability argument for the leaf situation there was no beyond. evidence yeah leaf is a <laughs> cheater because look he has killed the, the, this washed up piece of shit oh no like no that that is not uh, that doesn't work for me but when i see a player constantly looking at something over here while moving around like he's trying to line his crosshair up and then playing out and doing it map after map round after round yeah i'm gonna say that don't look right to me so no, it's not comparable Brazilian fans. So just, <laughs> just to let you know, um, that was the cheating thing. Uh, oh, do we? Way, 
Oh, there yeah. was one other thing to say as well, which is that the other area where this team absolutely fucked themselves, and anyone who's followed most of the stories I like to bring up, this is one of the classic trends, which is people get caught, and instead of just putting their heads together and thinking, right, yeah, our story together, what are we doing? What was going on there? What would be a plausible reason? Yeah. They just go, just fucking, let's all just say a bunch of random stuff that makes no sense. So, like, what was the explanation? You remember this, Richard? What was the explanation they gave as to what they were actually doing? Like, something mad, like, just looking or something like that. Like a good reason. No, there is no explanation. And uh, like, a good one though. This is what would be a funny one. I was thinking you. Could, this is such a boomer reference, but you might appreciate. It. They should have just said that they were getting instructions from the Great Gazoo. <laughs> <laughs> That's that little asked? alien in the Flintstones. Yeah, no. Stuff. How can you be asked? No one knows what the fuck you're talking about, mate. Yeah, well, I do. I obviously, I don't give a fuck. I don't yeah, give a fuck. I straight fire the Great Gazoo. Go and Google that now, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. You've nailed it, Duncan. The straight fire content. Um, no, but like, uh, for, look, for, for for me, I, I like the cheating stuff. It's they, if they could have come up with a good explanation, it would have definitely helped. All that happened is that Sergey's guy tweeted out and said, uh, I've taken down the second monitor for the next game and showed that he had a desk that's like, you know, the size of a fucking baby's high chair. I don't even know how he's playing on it. And and it's like that doesn't help, dickhead. That makes it more likely that you had something on your screen on your one monitor. Like you're not helping. Yeah. So I, there is no explanation as to what they were looking at. That's been uh, put forward. Yeah. I mean, look. The bigger problem with this whole event is uh, the spectre of uh, the of potential match fixing. I mean, like for me. I can't think of a tournament of this stature uh, in esports where, because I I just recognise the signs now because I've been covering it for so long, and I've been working on the MDL ESEA stuff, which is just obviously never going to come out, and whatever, who cares? Fuck fuck CS. Um, but I've never seen a tournament of this stature have involving teams of this stature have all the hallmarks of like some shitty snow sweet snow or whatever the fuck they're called those cups that basically only exist to serve betting um there's no other reason to have them uh and it it looks like that you've got the ddosing that suggests t an admin has leaked an ip uh to two betters you have the potential that akuma were given some sort of stream some you know like I said, it's just potential. We'll never know. Spoiler, when, no matter what anyone in CIS says, we will never get to the bottom of this. You are just going to have to take it on the chin. Another reason why the Araman needs to be replayed from start to finish. But, you know, the but that, that that's typical for match fixing. You give an underdog team no one's heard of a massive advantage. And obviously you can bet with reliable confidence that the underdog's going to win. How can they not? They have, if you have a radar hack, it's a functional wall hack. So there's that. There's the fact that there were no form of competitive integrity protections whatsoever, which, by the way, the implication there would be, why wouldn't you have those protections? Why wouldn't you want people recording POVs or voice comms? Or right? any kind uh, of anti-cheat. 
Yeah, why wouldn't you want any of that? Well, you know, if people are up to shenanigans for the purposes of making some money on the side, it would be awful if it came out. It would make your tournament look bad. So one way to make sure it doesn't come out is just have no way of catching anyone doing anything bad at all. That's the ultimate protection for competitive integrity, in a way, because if it's compromised, you'll never fucking know. <laughs> so perfect, you've nailed it. Um, and then just on top of that, uh, the 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 presence, like you know, the men in black of Chinese guys. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus! I just, I just love that. I just like the way he says it as all like in such a throwaway manner. Like he doesn't explain how. Like what were they like, drinking a lot of tea, playing mahjong? What are you talking about? Like, Look at these Chinese. Oh well. Anyway, on with the game. Like, like what? Yeah, this the, is that's some the, like big big time conspiracy it. theory bullshit. It's just like oh yeah, yeah, the Chinese guys were there. Everybody just like zeroes in on that one detail. Who are the basically guys? in this scenario, they're the men in black, aren't they? Like, and then the men in black showed up and the helicopters. Oh shit! Like the story immediately gets un Unfortunately, sexy, though, though uh, the reality is um, that esports going back to brood war has been subverted by Chinese guys sitting oh. on zero delay streams, and and. I, I I don't want to belabor this point because we're not going to do anything about it. Oh, no. Game games developers and big American corporations <laughs> are beholden to China. That's why you have John fucking Cena coming out and talking in broken Mandarin about how sorry he is. Taiwan is a country. Incidentally, by the way, guys, check your Twitter, Duncan uh, and Monty, because uh, John Cena's following everyone in esports. I'll be dropping a straight fire tweet after this broadcast. Get the fuck away from me, UCCP shill. But anyway... Um, yes, we're beholden to China because everyone loves money. And so, unfortunately, no one's ever going to come out and publicly say the biggest problem we have, the biggest threat to competitive integrity is match fixing and betting. And it all, all roads lead to China and Chinese crime syndicates. And the Chinese government isn't going to do anything about it. And Chinese development companies that you partnered with, like Perfect World, aren't going to do anything about it. It is simply the cost of doing business. Not for me and not for me never for me but for everyone else in esports so let's be real yeah there were some chinese guys sat on a stream probably <clears throat> using that data to feed back to a betting syndicate M most likely we'll never find out who they were <laughs> you know what but in what bets were placed what in, in what way the games were compromised and in fact when the inevitable investigation because i do believe valve will make a determination about this event in the next few days when that comes out there will be no mention of said chinese guys just like the men in black no one will remember them in in a month so uh, it's a fucking way, joke as this actual topic oh go on uh, just as a as a quick sidebar i there have also been other conversations about whether betting should be allowed in esports and the answer is unequivocally yes because it's going to happen anyway and we can either do these partnerships with uh, more above the board companies who are regulated, who are registered as betting corporations, or we can have a black market of gambling, guys. Mm. So there's the two. So the, and the nice thing about doing the regulated side is that the esports industry actually gets money from it, whereas the other way, it's illegal, super shady, results in match fixing, and the industry itself gets no none of that revenue. So anyone who is saying that we shouldn't have betting sponsors in esports is incredibly irresponsible, in my opinion. That is a complete yeah. side. And also, 
and also, you don't know what each sports industry you're voting for because you're voting for an incredibly tiny one at this point in time. Yes. That's not all that betting money. That's just a fact. Like, you're not going to have the shows you want. I know that this is like fans going, I should have all of these things and then ignore all the realities. It's like, that doesn't work. No, another point, I, I, this is why, in my opinion, it also all goes back in light of what ended up happening to what Richard said at the beginning about, like, look at who you're hiring to do this RMR Epic League through Epicenter. Like, remember, think about who Valve literally sat down and vetted in this regard. Anyone who knows anything about Epicenter when they came into the scene in, I think, 2016 was the people behind Epicenter, ES Force, owned Epicenter, a tournament circuit. Teams that played in Epicenter, so in 2017, the final of Epicenter was Virtus Pro, owned by ES Force, against SK Gaming, owned by ES Force, playing a final of a tournament owned by ES Force, which, as far as I know, they also owned a betting company. Was it Esports Bets? Was that it, Richard? Richard, do you remember? I can't. I can't remember I off the top which of my head. One it was, so I won't say then. They'd owned a betting company at the time, though. But right? Yeah, Even did. though I'm not claiming they did anything with that, I would be very suspicious about someone who tries to own the tournament teams that play in it and the betting company all simultaneously. Because I'm not saying they did do something, but that would be wide open to abuse. Like in obvious ways, you could tell the teams to throw. You could benefit certain teams. You could directly profit from the teams throwing or losing games. Right in those scenarios, how Valve's look at that and going i'll just allow some of these conflicts of interest to exist while you run my tournament like i don't know what's going on there valve like you either don't know in which case you're incompetent or you do know when you're incompetent or you wanted this like i don't really i don't know what the positive is there especially because as far as i know in all the regions cis particularly is included in this there are tons of people trying to do these rmrs there's not like a shortage of people so i just don't know why we even need to open the door to this because like we couldn't have known it would play out this exact way, but this is what you get when you allow the sorts of people that have these conflicts of interest to operate in the space. They might abuse them like this, and some of it we'll never know, sadly. And I'll Valve do what... care as well. I was just going to say, because like with Monty's issue, like they wouldn't let him do it. Um, we had a similar issue. Like We have a, a Counter-Strike team, and we have a Valorant team. And the Valorant team is made up of ex-Counter-Strike pros. Mm. They're playing Valorant now for us. They're the best team in the region, uh, undefeated. And they wanted to play the RMR. And Valve wouldn't let me. I emailed Valve and asked, like, can, can they play? And they said they can't because well, I, I have two rosters. Right. I have a CSGO roster and I, and I have a Valorant roster. I mean, they just want to play for yeah, fun. Yeah, I tried to spin it like it, it, it could be a cool publicity thing, like some Valorant guys coming back to CS to play a tournament and uh, wouldn't have a buy it. Let me, let me, which is fine. But yeah, let me, <laughs> so I care about some. Let of them. me tell you another hilarious aspect to this fucking farce. Um, and this, right. So it's uh, because they want it to look impartial, right? Uh, the Russian Esports Federation is going to be it doing the investigation and communi communicating everything publicly. Now, if you look at the, uh, the, the chairman of the board, uh, of the Russian esports. <laughs> no, if you look at the chairman of the board of the Russian Esports Federation, uh, who's been the chairman of the board since 2016, is Emin Antonyan, who is a who also happens to be 
the CEO of ES Force Holding. So even the impartial investigative body no! is in... Yeah. On some level, I do feel sorry for Nicola Nyholm because basically he just got fucked a million times over. Like, why have you got your cookie that hand in that cookie jar while everyone else in the entire rest of the world just did the same thing? We were all like, yeah, but you're not Danish, so whatever, just go ahead, mate. You're Chinese or Russian, so just go ahead. Like, it's actually sad because, remember, he was also trying to do this. He was trying to own all yeah. that and have his own, like, you know... It, a federation like you can't win can you no but i mean everyone everyone made the same play it's just that yes. some people some people it's like the you know a, a, a mark that you have to bear for the rest of your time in esports you know but it's like i said hitchum Chaheen tried to do the same thing he had copenhagen yep. wolves lgb you know nip he was trying to do the same shit everybody and then somebody reports on it right <laughs> somebody and then that gets called out and then they go i have divested myself of all the... i've given it to a mate i've given it yes. to someone i've made some money whatever it is and then somebody else comes along and goes why has no one tried to have a monopoly in esports way, my don't favorite even do the cursory ever. research my favorite one ever because exactly as you say and it's it's just the esl approach like my, you know my joke is that this is how esl operate in under carmax era is mm. if esl got a priceless like literally like it's like the 17th century table that was ornate and had gold carving and one leg broke Carmack would go incredibly rare three-legged ornate table one of a kind <laughs> should be even more money really like that's how he would spin it like the negative would become a positive so yes. similarly right this is how utterly ridiculously clueless the esports industry is because I went back and looked and when SK Gaming got sold to ES Force right Ralph Reichart himself one of the head people of ESL just comes out publicly and basically says that he sold his shares. So he yeah. brags in 2016 <laughs> that he's only had like 16 years of direct conflict of interest where he's had an ownership stake in a team competing in his competitions. Yep. But he says that as all like, well, everything above board for the next 16 years. <laughs> what? What? And everyone in the whole industry just goes like, yeah, seems all right. Well, think, think about the like, petty what? abuses as well. <laughs> like when Carmack was editor of SK Gaming and he wins an award for like journalist of the year, then immediately joins ESL afterwards uh, and, and eventually ascends to becoming God of IM. It's like, come on, man, for fuck's sake. It's, it's so pathetic. It's mad, but it just is what it is. Like, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, like, I, I thought, I legitimately thought, I think 2015, 2016, I actually thought it was going to get better and that conflict of interest could be something we could tackle and have an adult and sensible conversation about and we could prevent people from essentially subverting the integrity of esports to just be all about profit and market share. But it's got worse. It hasn't got better. Well, just look, if you notice the community sentiment is, they don't really seem to fuck with this topic. Like, conflict of interest to them, they think it's just nitpicking. They genuinely do. Yeah. And, well, I mean, listen, like, and like I said, I won't belabor the point, but at the end of the day, the community think the biggest sin you can commit in esports is having an opinion and tweeting that opinion. And that blocking may... someone. Yeah, oh, and, and, and then maybe blocking <laughs> somebody. Really Twitter to... functions, yeah. you'll notice. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, and, and that is a bigger deal to the average esports <clears throat> pleb than, you know, uh, uh, here we have a company having a functional monopoly in a region 
and a, a massively compromised tournament which, for which the results will almost certainly stand. Match fixing, you know, whatever it is, name a big issue that's affecting esports. They care. They they don't give a shit. They care. They they care way more about why can somebody have an opinion and express it free from any reprisals because I can't do that at school, and that's why esports or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yes, esports is garbage, <laughs> and it's pop. And and it starts like everyone says. You know. Oh, it starts at the top and it works. Nah, it starts at the bottom. Esports, it's garbage fans. Yeah, but I think the the even bigger problem is that the companies then take what teenagers say on Twitter and because they can't tell that they're just like teenagers, then they make business decisions based off of that when they're that it's completely irrational and these people have no idea what they're talking about and aren't actually going to change their behaviors of watching or not watching an event as a result of the words that come out of their mouths. Oh, the pandering that goes Yeah, the pandering is just business. wild to me. Yeah. It's like they treat these voices as legitimate without knowing who's behind like the anime avatar, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. You're 14 yeah. years old. I'm not going to listen to you. Like I, 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 if I have, yeah, I know if I have to see like another fucking prominent esports figure doing some like fucking reddit apology you know and there's people in there you know like licky licky bum flap 42 and they're going like yeah, i'm so deeply so it's like it's like when tiger woods apologized for having an affair i don't care mate go 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 fuck around as much as you want son it don't bother me right who are you who actually apologizing to well you're apologizing to the media and you're apologizing to all the sticky beak curtain twitches that have got fuck all to do with their lives used to just be bored housewives now it's fucking 17 year old plebs who think they're smart because they might be going to university spoiler it doesn't make your life brilliant uh and it just puts you massively in debt and i couldn't be happier for you you cunts but um, but yeah, that's just what you know. The, the pandering that goes on, like what their opinions worth listening to, is it their decisions worth listening that's to? Ridiculous. Their selective outrage is worth dictating the whole direction of a business. I just like of an entire industry. that they're just losing money for the degree or whatever. No, listen, I've reached the stage in life now where okay. it's like back when they used to say, "Oh, Richard's just a bitter old man." It wasn't true. Oh, it's true now. Oh, like, right. I hope you go to university. I hope your degree shit. I hope you miss. I think it's brilliant that when I went to university, we did drugs and had sex and it was wild. You're not doing any of that. You're just getting in debt. You're having no life experiences and you actually come out more socially inadequate than when you went in. Brilliant. Good. You deserve that. You deserve that. Fuck you. you Listen, when Richard was there, it was wild parties, indiscretion, you know, like the time of your life. You guys go to uni. You're already 100k in debt before you step in the door. You're going to step in the door, you see someone come along, you hold the door and go, sorry, ma'am, instantly misgendered, title line, you're you're your whole family disowns you, you're dead by the end of the week, you know? So, welcome to eSports. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, dead by the end of the week, the eSports story. (laughs) But yeah, I'm I'm just like, at the end of the day, if this is who the industry serves, then I don't want to serve the industry. It's, It's nonsense. I mean, on a serious level, I mean, there's no sense of proportion or priority. We're not interested in fixing any of the problems. The problems have not only persisted, but progressively got worse. 
players have got a better deal and then they wield that power disproportionately. So you get awesome. dickheads like Chris J, who still hasn't figured out what an association actually does, yet talks endlessly about what an association can do and should do. Um, you know, like players talking down to admins despite having all the power in that dynamic uh, red and in the red carpet rolled out. You know, I'll give you one of mine, one of my ultimate peeves because it's, it, it lines up with this topic actually about how people selectively choose what to be outraged at and what they're upset about. One of the things I hate is the fact that if you're a company, you can do like what would be considered a thousand offenses for an individual and you will never be held to any standard. Like you could yeah. make a game, right? You could then after making the game, rape people, steal from them, deny them basic things that the law would say they should have, just mistreat them in an arbitrary and capricious manner, right? If you're an individual and as Richard says, you do a bad tweet, it's the end of the world. Like you get involved in one scandal, it's always brought up. Cause people want to play that game, they'll just forget everything. They'll just go, who cares? Men in black myself. Oh, well, yeah, I'll just keep playing the game. Like companies somehow, they never carry the can in this in the way other people do that's why actually essentially yeah. to bring it back to the original topic we start with the flashpoint thing the real mistake of flashpoint was that me and monty were the faces and so we put a human face on it if it had just been a company people might have hated it but they wouldn't actually as far as i can tell with this track they wouldn't respond in the same way you know they just can't handle people but somehow companies are out to fuck them up the arse all day <laughs> which is cool which is also them. funny like, because well, the, the world one of the things that flashpoint has done and continues to do right is just be transparent like I come on this show. I four horsemen myself, by the way, four horsemen myself <laughs> come here and explain in nuance, like all the things that happened, say like, oh yeah, it was messed up in this way. Like these are the mistakes that were made. Uh, we've always answered questions that the fans have as transparently as we possibly can. We've been hands down the most transparent tournament operator on the planet, like in any esport. That's just true. Do you guys not want that? Do you just want to be fed bullshit all day? The answer yes. is, sadly, by the way, they don't. Because if people <laughs> don't know, one of the things we did last year, it's one of the reasons why I was pissed with like the nature of like, the contract I had. Every week, basically, I think on the top of my head, we probably did at least 20 of these episodes. We just did like a weekly show where we would address questions from the chat about these topics and be as transparent as we could. Spoiler, all those people who claim they want transparent, no one would turn up and watch the shit. There's like, you know, it's like 200 people watching us. Like, no one actually, as usual, you all complain about stuff you don't actually want. Y'all yeah. are the people, basically, who spent 20 years going, right up, McDonald's, serve the breakfast in the afternoon, and then you don't go and buy it. You don't go at 4pm and buy an egg muff muffiny spooky McBurger, do you? You just fucking go, actually, I don't feel like that in the afternoon. It's like, you're, just, you're the twat that ruins everything. Pretending you want stuff. In the exactly. afternoon. I've, I've already had my breakfast. Yeah, no, exactly. I know. I know. You're the ones who are asking for it. What the fuck? I know. Uh, so Gomez, any anything to add about the CIS RMR? How would what would you do? How would you handle it all, mate? Oh, uh, where where to start? Oh, yeah, nice easy question for you. Yeah, no, nah, I don't understand why the RMR is all different organizers either. Like, why is that a thing? Yeah, is it because they don't want to? Is the cost too too high? Like. I mean, uh, Monty, can you answer? Did you guys apply for multiple regions, or did you get given uh, a region? Or we we did apply for multiple regions, but not at the same time. Um, so, so for this RMI, you just targeted e uh, EU. Yes, uh, and the reason is like it would be very hard for us with the space that we have to run multiple RMRs simultaneously at a 
you know, good level of production. Um, it would also probably be, be a very different sales process for partners because we, you know, if we're doing this, the, the CIS RMR, we're trying to attract more like Russian-based sponsors or whatever like that. So there's, you know, if we do NA, like it's very different than selling for EU. So it'd be hard, I think, to, you know, to sell across multiple regions at the same time for sponsorship. Oh. Um, whereas, you know, it, it, for example, like if Valve was like, oh, what, Flashpoint, why don't you do a CIS RMR in two months from now? Like we'd be like, yeah, yeah, we might be able to do that. You know what I mean? Um, but in terms of studio space, uh, staff, like casters um it's it's really hard i think to to do that especially since they would have to be happening at the same time or almost at the same time because they're similar time zones um so i think there there are a lot of good reasons you know most most you know we we could have done it maybe but it would have been worse production on both of them if it was going to happen yeah. simultaneously yeah. you know what i mean and i mean full transparency like we played in the oceania which was also epicenter and our tournament was seeded off your face at ELO, which I mean, half the people don't even play face it. Like, you know, so, yeah, teams got seeded quite randomly. Um, so it wasn't perfect either, but I kind of understood that to an extent because, like, what what do they care about our region? Like, they can't, they can't, yeah. you know, you can't sell as sponsors for that, for you know. So I kind of got it why ours was a little bit scuffed, but I guess the reason they got it originally was because of the Russian language barriers and they probably just thought it would make more sense to give it to a a tournament organizer that that has uh popular figures and 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 what do you call it like twitter follow uh followers for that demographic you know like it would have been easy for them to to advertise it more i guess i, I don't know like it's, it's, it's just need to get people that know how to do it i think is the thing and i don't know enough about epicenter specifically or that that rmr to really judge but it didn't look great uh, I think Starlighter used to do a good job in that region. Um, yep. I, I don't know what happened to them. We play is, I think, really strong in terms of their production yeah. as well. I mean, they were our partner for the for the Russian that's, broadcast of the EU RMR. I was mm. going to say that's the crazy thing, right? Like, you know, Epicenter being selected in the first place is wild to me, given how many good TOs are in that region. I, I'm not sure if the other ones applied or not. Maybe they didn't. Because I, I would have thought Starladder. I mean, I've I've had really good experiences with Starladder. Um, don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, but, it, I mean, it, uh, this this should be utterly disqualifying for for Epicenter. They should never be allowed to work another uh, Valve uh, event again. In my opinion, I'm not saying take the license off them so they can't host CS events. But the integrity violations are too grave as far as I can tell. You know, we you've only got three RMRs. We've got to squeeze them all in before, you know, the, the major in November. And what they've essentially done is created one that is so compromised it may as well be invalid. And it just so happens to be in the strongest re region and could have, like, really grave ramifications. You know, imagine if Na'Vi don't get there, you know. That that'd be outrageous. That would be absolutely outrageous. So yeah, I'm I'm sure Valve will be taking this into consideration for future events. And I think Epicenter are, are out. I mean, I can you see? A I think oh, I was just gonna say you, you go, yeah, yeah. No, I was just gonna say I think it has to be replayed. I think it's the only thing you can do at this point. Like it's it's been so there's compromised. Just no there's time. There, there's just too many questions. You know what I mean? There's just too many questions. Like even if nothing happened, just like the perception of it alone uh, is is very bad. And, you know, unfortunately, I would like to believe that 
you have this up-and-coming team that had this Cinderella run. Unfortunately, in my esports experience, that's much less likely than all of the other potential like cheating or match fixing scenarios that we've had. Like <laughs> in terms of like incidents in esports, it's very rare for a team to come and like beat some of the best teams in the world. Not only just one of those teams, but multiple of those teams at one event, and then also to have this like dark cloud hanging over it. Just really. It's really bad, unfortunately. Yeah. What were you what were you gonna say, Gomez, mate? I was gonna say do you reckon there's a chance Valve run RMRs on their own servers and own equipment to cut down on some of these issues? I mean I... most of these functionality exists, like the map vetoes and all that exist in the client. Like Yeah, I don't know. I I think uh probably not. I think one of the way one of the reasons why we've got the system we've got is that they can hand it out to regional operators. And basically have them be the person that does all the troubleshooting and every you know, I don't think Valve are interested in you know, getting the hands dirty, so to speak. But what I will say is I do think in terms of the integrity issues, they are gonna be more hands on, I think now. I think because it's an RMR. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I talked about this when they banned all the cheating scumfuck coaches, right? Like you know, it was finally Valve making a determination on something that happened external to a Valve event, and uh, they handed out bans for Valve events. That that was unprecedented. Then they went and revised the VAC ban rule. That was unprecedented. And so I think, you know, if I was if I would say if I was a betting man, I would absolutely. I think Valve are all over this. I've seen a lot of people in the community going. Valve aren't even doing anything. It's like, what? How the fuck do you know, dickhead? Like, they haven't said anything. But if they're doing an investigation, you wouldn't, you know, Plebby McPlebbington on Reddit's not going to fucking know about it. Are let they? me so, let me put it this way: we in the industry often don't even know what Valve is doing. So there's no way that yeah, you guys know what Valve is doing. And it's not that they're not doing anything. It's just that Valve does things on their own time and they they don't have a giant parade down the street to let everybody know what's going on they're going to investigate it internally and they're going to come out with a decision that they feel is correct right and they move in mysterious ways and the problem with doing that is it makes people question whether you actually exist in the first place that's <laughs> true yeah. it is oh, true. Dan taking care of on that one so yeah so I, I think um i think they will make a comment i think i think that's around the corner i i just don't know what the options would be because uh, I agree with you, Monty. I think, mate, like you do, you do have to replay the whole tournament to to fix the integrity matter. But you can't; it's logistically impossible. So I don't know what the next the stage compromise down... I would make would be something like, like maybe because half the problem here is you can't just make it the next RMR because, for example, some teams might not qualify for it. Like maybe the Akuma team doesn't qualify because you know they would have actually missed the points if the end. So whatever the scenario, so maybe you have to do something like I know this sounds fucked up, but like do another qualifier, have a mega RMR that has twice as many teams or some shit. I don't know how you do this to accommodate and double the points or something like it's not well, perfect. It's a compromise, but it's better than having these shit results. Yeah, and, there's two. You know, there's two solutions that spring to my mind. Uh, that I, that are probably not really solutions that might be stupid, but you either declare it invalid and then you yeah. take all of the points accrued and you distribute them evenly from every team that attended, or as you say, you declare it invalid and you add the points that you would have got from this RMR onto the next one. Yes. Which, but that isn't fair because then it's doubly as important. Certainly, yeah. That's um, as I said, there's no perfect solution in this scenario. Yeah. You can't replay. They could just delete it and just pretend like it never happened. 
And then the first yeah, RMR well. is, is the next one. Just no points. Yeah, I, I mean that that's possible. I what I would say about that is I would feel incredibly aggrieved if I was, you know, like uh, um, a spirit, I guess. Yeah, yeah, spirit, you know, like spirit gambit. Both did well at that event, you yep. know, and it's like obviously gambit's the number one team in the world. You don't want to be fucking with that. So yeah, it's 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 a hard one. I mean, like maybe even distribution of all the points, but but I don't know. And I I this is what always like these are the instances where I feel sorry for Valve. That not that the community will ever sort of understand that Valve don't like. I'm sick and tired of people like summoning Valve like the fucking horseman every time there's a problem like this it will be better if this could be resolved without them frankly it would be better if we could run a tournament from start to finish without valve having to come in and make a declaration it makes us look incompetent it makes us look like children and on a long enough time scale valve will get incredibly bored of having to do it and they'll stop doing it and then the next thing that follows is if they stop doing it they'll simply stop having the also, tournaments and the majors and everything in the first place also for the other people within the esports ecosystem maybe wait a little bit before you start flying off the handle on social media because as we found out from the entire flashpoint issue it was you know it was the server's fault it was the tournament operator's fault it was flashpoint's fault but if you just wait instead of making crazy tweets as an org and all of these complex statements yeah. the due diligence will be done and then maybe the tournament organizer will be like, oh, it was our fault, and then publicly apologize and do the right thing. Like, you have to have some level of confidence. You just you can't just fly off the handle with no evidence or, no, you know, the precedent. It's, it's, it's a terrible precedent and creates all this drama that is much more easily avoidable if you just say, let's give this 24 hours to see if we can resolve this issue behind closed doors and come out with a unified statement so we don't all look like fucking morons. Mm. Yep. And then we don't have Agreed. to go out and then and then we don't have to persist in this drama of like, well, here's our updated statement and the timeline of events and blah, 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 blah. As information just kind of trickles out piecemeal so nobody gets a complete picture and then people get mad and then everybody loses. Because nobody won in that situation, right? Like, yeah. NIP looked bad. Anonimo was probably the biggest winner, but even they kind of looked bad, right? <laughs> Flashpoint looked bad. What was the purpose of doing that? Because we were going to arrive at the same place no matter what. I mean, you know, you know, obviously the answer. Uh, it, it's like the, the the short-sightedness of team owners and who they think they serve and who they think they work with. If there's no, like, direct with them, they'll immediately go and try and leverage the fan base, won't they? So... I think he's asked to just go on probably some answer to the door or something for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no worries. Yeah, it's okay. We we need to get into the the questions anyway. I feel like I feel like we've kind of exhausted. When he comes back, we'll tell him he can just leave, and then we'll set up the cameras or whatever. Nice. Yeah. Assuming I assume he's only going to be a minute or two. So how do we do questions again? We will uh, do. They're already in, like, the just to, for people to know, you have to have, like, the Grog coins and you have to have 25 of them. So you buy the coins and you go to the Grog lounge, isn't it, on Discord, Monty? Yep. And, and then it tells you in the pinned comment, like, how to buy it or whatever, right? Yep. That's it. You, you nailed it. There you go. See? 
So we'll we'll start with some of the questions now while while we're yeah. waiting. Um, right. So <laughs> this is funny. As gamers, how have you gone about overcoming skill level plateaus in the various games you play slash have played in a competitive and serious manner? Well, for me, guys, I didn't do that. That's why I'm not a professional player. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made a conscious decision that I am not going to grind games and instead I'm going to watch film of the games to be an analytic commentator and a color caster in certain games, right? So for me, it was choosing how I was going to spend my time. I chose to spend my time watching the game instead of playing the game very deliberately. Uh, had I continued, you know, so no, I, I didn't over, ever overcome that problem as it were. <laughs> Oh, by the way, Gomez, we're doing the questions now, man. So you can go like, thanks for yeah, yeah. the show, man. Yeah, thank you. Unless you have any final final words. Uh, it's been great having you on. Thanks, thanks for having me. I just had a random guy at my door. I got his uh, apartment mixed up at four in the morning. So <laughs> Thank you for staying up so late. We appreciate you. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. All right, Matt. It's all good. I'll leave you guys to it. And uh, right. Peace. Enjoy, enjoy the questions. <laughs> yeah, look thank after you. yourself, brother. You take care. Catch you later. See ya. I expected he was going to at least work in some joke. Like he was talking Chinese or something. I think he was asking me what I was doing on the, the Chinese guys. No, what would you say? Because I know Richard plays Dota quite a bit. So, like, do you do you have any like a, approach to getting past skill plateaus? As this yeah, I mean, listen, and it's not like obviously I'm not like super high skill at Dota or whatever. I've played about legend level. That's like shit tier, 3K, whatever. Um, but yeah, like this is true for any game and it still blows my mind to this day how many people don't do this. Best thing you'll ever do is go back and watch your own play. <laughs> it's incredible right? people don't do this. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? People don't fucking do it, mate. In CS, they don't do it. And let me explain, right? There's two parts to this answer. But the first thing is like you have to watch your own play so you can contextually understand what you're doing in a given moment, how it relates to a broader, the, you know, the meta game essentially in the sense of what's happening in that game, the, 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 all the shit that's going on around you. But also just little things like people become utterly convinced, and this is why, you know, CSGO is not a serious community. The amount of people that cry cheats just because they've had their head banged off. And if you go and watch the game, you will see no one's cheating, mate. He he's watch it from his perspective. Online games perspectives don't always align. What you think is happening isn't necessarily true. So all that's important. But yeah, watching your own play, and then the other thing, <clears throat> watching your own play will only take you so far, right? Because if you're shit, if you're a scrub, you don't you can see something being suboptimal, but you don't know how to make it optimal because you're shit. So you have to find somebody else who isn't shit. And the best thing I ever did in Dota was I got a guy, a friend of mine, who's like a very, you know, like divine level player. And basically he taught me how to play. And I play with those guys regular. And one of the things we do after our games is we do. We literally fire up Discord. We stream the last game. You did this here, Richard, and it was fucking dumb. And this is fucking why. And, this, and you don't do it in your next game. And then your theory with someone like Dota you're all, and, and League to a lesser extent, you're always building stuff up, you know, in your mind. And it's then it's theory that you can apply. Oh. Then they patch the game and it no longer applies. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what you have to do. And and like for CS players and FPS players, the amount of people that have never watched their own playback is incredible. It's yeah. staggering. I, I, I would say 
probably about like 80 90 percent of players oh, sure. that claim they want to learn and, and go yes. pro or whatever don't do it it's mad it's the fastest way I to get it. better for sure. I actually do have a video I made on my YouTube channel. It's for CS actually specifically. It was called something like how to improve. And I basically go over, like I explain how to focus on the fundamentals, how to like gradually incrementally change what you do in the game. So that's the serious answer. The not so serious, but absolutely real answer is I actually have a superpower none of you people have, which is I don't give a fuck what my rating in any game on this earth is. So when I play... If in CSGO, if you've ever seen me play on Vince's stream, the whole reason I do have some utterly bonkers clips, like highlight clips, is because I just play off instinct. I don't care. So, like, I go for, like, no scopes all the time, like I am simple. Now, you don't see the 25 times I missed them all and just <laughs> lose the round, and people are like, I wish you'd maybe aim with that gun, because the one time I do it, that clip comes out, and I look sick, don't I? I look like, fucking hell, I didn't know he was that good. I'm not. I'm not. I'm like, that's actually the only thing I ever did. And similarly, I've explained this in the past. People think I'm just saying it to be funny. I don't play League of Legends. I play a mini game in League of Legends called Pike Support, where I pick Pike every single time, no matter what the comp on my team is, no matter what the comp on the other team is, no matter whether it's nerfed, I don't care. I play a Pike. And what I do is, I've, I've said this again, I don't give a fuck. If the second I, I operate on a three-strike spaceball-style trust scenario with my AD carry the third time he doesn't go in and follow up when i'm going into 24 7 aggressively to attack them because i'm pike i just go enjoy the laning phase fucker and then he sits under his tower 1v2 and i ro i roam across the rest of the map which essentially means because i'm not even getting levels in lane i must get like 10 kills in a row otherwise i have thrown the whole game and you know what you're probably thinking but that couldn't work every time foreign what about the games you lose yeah that's a problem of my team bits because they're getting <laughs> fucking yeah. paired with me in whatever division I'm in and it ain't a good one by the way so as you might expect I don't climb because guess what even if I have three really good sick pike games I'll probably have seven shit ones after that where it wasn't even appropriate to play and just get my head banged off no, at the, the end I just go whatever just games in it the fun you are actually doing something that I would also argue is a good fundamental though not being a cunt which is definitely sure. another superpower you possess but um, but no honestly one of the reasons people fuck uh, fuck themselves up in MOBAs is they don't actually ever master a, a hero. Like you know, they 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 pick things they think are counters at low MMR. It doesn't matter. Yes, being able to play your hero well. Like for example, like you know, think of the hero you you think you're the best at. Right, what's the mana cost for your Q? Bet you don't know, and you don't, right? And then, okay, so what's a, what's a QW combo look like? What's the cooldown on this spell? I guarantee, again, people who think they're serious at MOBAs can't answer those questions. It's like I've got a, I've got a very small hero pool of non-technically demanding heroes in Dota, but I play them all well. I know my cooldowns. The, I know every matchup I'm going to come into in the lanes and who I can fight and who I can't. And you, you need to concentrate and focus on that. If you think... Oh right, well I I want to play carry this game and I'll pick troll isn't he strong this patch and you've got ten games you deserve to lose. People don't even play against bots in their spare time. Claim they're serious about climbing MMR. Yeah, don't you know? Maybe maybe don't play a, in a MOBA in ranked uh, the hero slash champion that you've literally never played before. Maybe maybe spend yeah. some time on normals or like in a practice mode. I don't know. <laughs> so you don't need to be a one trick. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but there's a reason why so many of the people that accrue the most MMR in, in League, especially, 
there's a reason why so many of them are because it's better to play one hero well and understand every matchup in the game and understand every itemization path depending on game state than it is to play 10 heroes mediocre you know, also, that, team team composition only really matters at higher level because there's so many yeah. mistakes being made in, in solo queue games that it's kind of irrelevant most of the time. Yeah, if you're not in a position <laughs> where the other people in your game are talking to you uh, on, on a voice chat about and, and explaining what they're going to pick and why and could you pick this to enable them or whatever, if that's not happening, your, your pick literally doesn't matter. Yes. It couldn't matter less. <laughs> All right, here's another question. What incident in front of you has mentally broken an analytical broadcast talent for an eSport the most behind the scenes when it comes to the idea that viewers don't actually care about real complicated tactics? For example, I think Thorin in some stories referenced like Yanko or Sponge and CSGO getting really upset because they did some in-depth analysis and no one cared. Similarly, no one watches Freak's patch, patch notes for League of Legends. That's not even Freak's best content. Like His patch notes are good, but like yeah. also his like xp versus gold value content is super good um i mean it, it's tilting right because you love the game and spend as an analyst spend thousands and thousands of hours watching it and you're trying to impart that knowledge to the viewer and it doesn't you know i still get tilted because it doesn't matter that i did hundreds if not thousands of games of league of legends over the years and no one remembers my actual analysis they just remember me blowing a train whistle Right. <laughs> yeah. So it ties into what we were asking about the question about getting better. Because really, most people who ask, How do I get better? just want to know where is the secret tree that if you go there and dig up what's beneath it, there's a little box and there's a portion which makes you 10 times better. They don't want to hear unsexy stuff like focus on the fundamentals, don't make outrageous players that you don't understand. Do like Richard says, master three heroes and just learn the matchups and learn basic gold, you know, like, like efficiency for an item or what the spell costs so you can calculate if you can even do your combo to get the kill like they don't want to hear that because what they want to hear is like something that doesn't exist which is a magic hack to be good so similarly i've said this to so many of my fans now because I've, I've i've been able to fully a b test all of this in content because i've tried every type of content and i can tell you right now almost nobody functionally nobody in terms of how many fans there are in the world cares about analytical and tactical content it's the least interesting content to the entire fan base the problem is this the vocal minority who make up twitter and reddit essentially only go on there to pause as people who yep. care very much and are the most expert mm, well actually like level guys in the world and so because their whole shtick is they pretend they really care deeply about tactics and in-depth analysis it's the only metric they value they literally grade everyone off by the way as a result they it leads people to sadly think like content creators that's what people want whereas what you'll actually find is if someone makes a video that is on the one hand very highly viewed but is analytical content i'll tell you right now what it's going to be it's going to be ls and they're tuning in because of his personality it's going to be maybe freak and he has riot behind impression like it ain't just because of the analytical content it's got to be also who the person is what their name value is do the fan find them entertaining like one of the reasons why i on my talk shows no matter how much people may dislike me the one of the reasons i am vital to my talk shows is because i can get someone like ls and instead of just letting him go on about the analytical side that would bore you find a way to craft the conversation so he still gets the same points across but it might entertain you as well like maybe there's some drama maybe there's some right. and maybe we argue a little bit that's what people really come for and, and like, also I think this is the internet in general by the way people only really care about entertainment that's what that's what it's for everything else is like it's like the reason you say you like a band you don't you like the band because you it 
place your ear. You don't really like them because they're so technical and they're from this school of music. You don't. That's all. That's what you. That's what you tell yourself after the fact to seem cool, isn't it? I mean, even even when I you know do VOD analysis or something like that on stream or videos, like I try and make it more entertaining by having exaggerated reactions or going on rants or like bringing up. You have to break it up, otherwise it's just yes. boring. Do you? Dude, it's not boring to me. <laughs> the ones who don't like me on league shows goes, he's just shouting all the time. Like, do you imagine if I got like Kelsey Moores and fucking Emily Rand and like veteran and we all sat in a chat and we're like, no, we're all like C-SPAN. Like, what do you think about the invasion of the Viet Cong in 1970 by the United States? Like, nobody. It's only cause like, by the way, if you haven't figured out that that's not actually a downside that I can rant about a children's video game and some people I don't really give a fuck about in America. That's a skill, mate. I'm actually bringing something to the table there. You enjoy it, clearly. You yeah, love it. You even love to hate it, don't you? Come on. You know, it, it, it's kind of interesting as well. It's like, uh, so I can use an example we all know, like Sponge, right? Like I've known Chad a long, long time, consider him a very good friend. Knew him from the source days back in CGS when he was like the young breakout teen sensation from Australia. We kept in touch. I followed his journey. I was in a bar with him drinking when he was mad disappointed last tournament he crashed out of and he was contemplating retirement and staring into the abyss wondering what he was going to do next and said, listen, mate, you'll kill it. Caster, analyst, you've got a big personality. But when he first came into the scene, He's naturally funny. He's gifted like that. But he wanted to really make the most kind of erudite, intelligent, technical points. Because it was almost like initially when he first came in the scene, it was like almost he wanted to sort of justify, I wasn't as bad as what you thought I was. Yes. A lot yes. of people... Like at least in theory, he got it. He was yeah, smart. a lot yeah, of people day. criticized him so vehemently yes. from his playing days that it actually colored his transition into analysis a little bit. The best version of Chad is the version we got now. He doesn't give a fuck. And sometimes he does have to make the most technical point. I know he knows, right? But when he's on a podcast and he's ranting and raving, that's best Chad. When he's, when there's a deviation in casting, because that's what he does now, and he's like talking about some mad anecdote or making a joke, that's best Chad. He knows the game. He knows the theory. But if he'd just been another ex-pro that only talked about that, he would have eventually faded. He, he wouldn't be the box office that he is now. And I think I think what disheartens analysts the most is is when they learn that. That without the showmanship, you, all your points can be intelligent. Yes. But eventually people get well, bored. The, the You've weak, got to have some the, sizzle on the stake. The weak ones will get, uh, you know, will get dissuaded by that perhaps. I think like the best, best ones realize actually – the best way to, to present my points is in a more entertaining fashion or more compelling fashion, which makes people remember your analytic points better. So it's actually, in the end, a much more useful tool, right? Yeah. But it's yeah, harder. And it's like, yeah, and it's like, you know, listen, in Dota 2, I, I see people in the chat like bringing up Purge, you know, and it's like, he's like... A very specific and unique example, I think, because he straddles having high technical knowledge despite having never been like a really serious pro player. Um, but also he's very beginner friendly, but he's yes. also a bit dry. And, and I, this is why the best content I think you get from him is when it's either him by himself in a short burst on a broadcast, like the weatherman segments that we used to do for Yanko and stuff, that he's great at those, nails those. They're they're tailor-made for him because he doesn't outstay his welcome 
or you have to put him with someone like Sir Action Slack or Day Nine. Who was... I mean, that, you really saw yeah. like his partnership with Day Nine and like him teaching Day Nine Dota was uh, hugely successful for a good reason because Day Nine provides the entertainment value and the foil of the beginner to Purge's expertise. Yeah, and like I think actually the one area Dota's massively improved in in terms of like desk talent. Uh, lately, as their analysts have all got better, like BSJ, I think has finally given up on the notion he's gonna win win a TI for NA or whatever it was. Uh, I like him. I think he's really good. I I think Jenkins is great for for me. He's the like really underrated dude in Dota broadcasts. Uh, got a lot of time for that guy. He's got a very dry humor about him knows what he's talking about great voice great syncopation syncopation of speech like very fucking accessible so yeah i think i think but I, like if you ever if you remember if you go back two years and you watch the dota desk man alive as fuck. Me, it was horrible like, working orange mate like my eyes really were bad held open so you know now they finally they've realized it's the lesson we all arrive at that it is an entertainment product first and if you are yes. not entertaining and only educational, you will not survive in this business. All right. Uh, so this is a good one. Who deserves the Esports Crybaby Award so far in 2021? Excluding the obvious picks of Nip Anonymo Device, since they would be contenders. I don't even think they're the biggest contenders. I think this was a like a one-off blip about one game. For me, it's the League of Legends owners crying about the import rule in LCS. That has got to be, so far, the biggest like crybaby yeah, cry bullshit. Because that's just covering up for their years and years of neglect of developing a truly... A good amateur scene in North America. So, I mean, the fact that they want the system to change because they were negligent in their own duties of developing amateur talent is staggering. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I'll let you jump on this one, Duncan. I don't think I've got one for that one. Who? Who? who I can try. Who's complete? I, to be fair, but the Navi fans could be in the mix. <laughs> Like, the, what they cried about in CS wasn't even justified. Like, we weren't even that... What's mad is, that's how you know people aren't in good faith. Like, you know, they always pretend, like, I watch your show and I know what your opinions You don't, because, like, the idea that was even vaguely the most edgy shit we've even said about Na'Vi, for fuck's sake. Like, if you want to get upset, go back a few years to, like, 2019, when we're talking about Zeus and Edward, mate. You'll, you'll fucking... Your head'll blow up. Like, if you think the shit that we, was, that we didn't say that you read on websites was bad, see the shit we actually did say. I used to say the shit all the time about Zeus. I'd say it to his face right now after I'd slap the bit in a video game in a video game if there was a slap feature like maybe golden if i was playing golden eye with the chop mode whatever mate, that was, time, he was time splitters mate time splitters there we go time, time splitters, splitters there. There. but yeah basically uh, he wasn't a fan of that guy so leave it there. yeah no he, he was an arsehole wasn't he was um, there for sure he was an arsehole. Uh, but yeah, listen. Oh, I think I, if you saw this, Richard, because you might have gotten this, but mm. and there was one detail about the RMR with Flashpoint and the CIS one that actually I forgot to mention, but I would be remiss for the by the numbers crowd if I didn't mention this, because you'll have been tagged in a few of these. Right, just when you think to yourself, right, that's about all the scandal and outrage you can have. There was a few Brazilian fans who were tagging me and Richard going, if this had been Brazilian players, of course, who said that someone cheated, like they're saying about Akuma, you'd have said all... It's like, so again, I hope we're all aware that in every scenario, even ones that don't relate to them, Brazilians are the ultimate victims and are always the ones that are being persecuted. So in this scenario, the fact that we didn't say anything is actually, again, like... 
Bloody hell, Richie, we've done it know, again. We've done it again. Uh, <laughs> we have done it again. Uh, it's it's hard for it's hard for me because I've got obviously recency bias affecting me. The 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 NIP saga that we've obviously talked about is so staggeringly pathetic in retrospect and i know oh, everyone... yours has to be the rocket league community short for 2021 richard surely <laughs> they literally I had mean... thousands of tweets saying he's blocked me he's blocked me he's blocked me, he's blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the thing, yeah of... i you know but it, it's like i said earlier they're just you know they're fucking all like 13 15 <laughs> just for like... comedy alone you should watch this video he did about the rocket league one because oh, yeah. he has that part where you know that famous song the one the benny hill spanish, spanish fly spanish fleet sorry yeah. you know the one he just plays that music as he scrolls all the ones where they say he's blocked <laughs> and it lasts the whole length of the song like within like tweeted like thousands of times like richard lewis all of it's yeah. outrageous how mentally ill this one is. Like you oh. believe, genuinely, like it, you would think he was using hyperbole if he said it was that many. But when oh. you see it, you're like, what even is oh. it? It was like when the Overwatch guys got me trending. That was pretty <laughs> funny. So, yeah. uh, shout out to the incredibly crybaby Overwatch League community too, because the the latest one for them was when they announced that Overwatch was going to be Overwatch 2 is going to be 5 versus 5 they mounted this crybaby campaign being like but what about the off tank players jobs in Overwatch League and then as if that's like a legitimate concern to a competitive discipline and so they they were just out there trying to save these people's jobs from a switch in the number of players in a game which is that's why I'm actually glad politics hasn't fully connected with esports. I don't want to live in a world where someone like you had leader of states coming out like, and I'm going to secure the jobs of the off-tank players from Denmark. You know, like some, some fucking aggregate, and we're going to bring them back soon. I'm going to have the next council with Blizzard. Like, I don't want to live in that world. That's why we're yeah. here, guys. Yeah, it's oh, it's really hard. Like I said, I mean, at the end, it's just all crybaby bullshit, isn't it? It's just a sea of fucking nonsense of just petulant arseholes you know, who all want to get I'm, their way all of the time. I'm really split uh, because, you know, I, I, I don't want, you know, the government tracking us. But in Korea, sometimes I'm really jealous about how you have to tie your social security number to all of your online accounts yeah. so that you can't just be an anonymous 12-year-old on the internet. <laughs> you know what I mean? The thing is, it, the anonymous 12-year-olds don't bother me so much. The problem is, like, for example, there there are serious mentally ill stalkers that, like, fucking yep. have, have plagued me for years. And there's even ones, as I said, that like you know I don't talk about because it's like one step well, you know away the from orange ones. Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I've had a couple like that. But, you know. but yeah, like on the on the crybaby front, it's just it's that's just all we do as humans. It's like, can we just hurry up and you know how long before we're extinct? Can we fucking hurry <laughs> up, please? I'm fucking sick of it. It's so it's so pathetic. Like the banal like the the, the banality of like Western existence, and like this is what we do with our fucking time. You know, like hey, I'm really okay. interested in this industry. This... I'm gonna spend all day on social media, randomly pigeonholing people as being either entirely good or entirely bad, then forming a complete identity around that, and form parasocial relationships with people I've never met, and then never shut the fuck up about it and treat it like it's a life or death issue. See, What's it's... that? There's people dying 
<laughs> over there in that country yeah not asked about that Th this is this is the Mental. problem with like the death of of religion is that people just replaced yeah. re religion totally. or or you know at least the the death of polytheism because an unknowable god in monotheism that you can't even contain in your mind doesn't actually solve any of these human psychological issues that they have so what they do is they just replace like zeus and hera with like esports players <laughs> Three clicks, fill it. <laughs> Dude, that's the worst thing of all, though. Like, listen, I have plenty of opinions and some some certain dislikes towards certain deities in the world, but most of them at least have, like, you know, some codified, like, you know, moral laws and teachings that people could benefit from. People have taken those gods and just replaced them with, like, reckless. And now the main, <laughs> exactly. like, fucking, like, the number one, like, cause in the world is or just being slightly bands. passive as an AD yeah. like... This can't be the fucking. We can't, there's no way to live, you know. And a, a, imagine though, like imagine like having a window into the mind of like one of those K-pop fans that's like literally out there saying they are willing to kill, you know, to fucking pay to, like anyone that insults BTS or whatever. Like, uh, no, you know, like, but this is this is the problem. Like people, how used... are you fucking real? Man? I mean, look at look at the celebrity, you know, magazines or whatever. Like the celebrity drama mags. You know, usually you, you it, back in you know indigenous human societies, people would be like, oh yeah, man, Hera's probably pretty mad at Zeus for turning into a goose and knocking that chick up. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. what they would talk about. We've just replaced it with real human beings now, which is so fucked up. Like these yeah. people don't deserve that. Oh, wait, yeah. I've just realized, because uh, I'm trying to go through all the things this year. That is sad, by the way, how many things have happened this year already, which we're only halfway through. Because like, I've just realized I completely forgot when all out. of Call of Duty, when I was trending on yeah. Twitter, because all of Call of Duty was like, it's Leo! He's, a, he's having a breakdown! <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm just like, why did the chicken cross the road? And they're like, mm. what is this? He's constructing fan fictions about chickens! Like... <laughs> Even pro players were doing this, guys. Like, like I did. I this is the maddest one ever, Monty. I thought I actually just left reality and I'm in some Twilight Zone episode. It's when I did that fucking Irishman, Englishman, Scotsman themed joke about three of the COD players, right? And I even purposely... I don't even follow the game and I put in the legwork, like, you know, thematically making them fit the right personality and what they would say. And it was all relevant. And at the end, right, a pro player... I'm trying to think who it was. It was like, it was like oh, fuck. I'm going to say it was... I can't remember. It's one of the ones who played for Optic who had like ginger hair, if you remember who I'm talking about. Fuck, who am I referring to there? Scump. Some super Scump. famous player. Scump, there you go. That's right. Yes, yeah. the one that, basically the one that back in the day, I don't know if I could say Richard, but someone said, look, like, I mean, the name alone is like, you do sound like you're redneck. Like, yeah. hey, I'm Scump. And I'm, hey, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's, what you, that's what I thought when I saw him first. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm pretty, didn't you say yeah. he looks like he'd been like brewing that. moonshine? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like this is back Some in the day when we, it's when we had those CS events that were at the same event as like a COD event, like fucking Gfinity or whatever. Basically. I worked, I worked the COD event and literally turned up in a fucking old beer cap. Like, yeah, what the weed, when were we doing the MLG siren on? They thought I was <laughs> mental. They liked that it though. Guy, no, but that guy was actually saying to the other players, and then he constructed this weird fanfic about you living on a desert island. It's like, it's a fucking joke. It's one of those famous joke formats in human, in Anglosphere history. You are an English speaker, surely he's called. Well, I mean, his Maybe not high enough to be fair, but you know, give me a break, mate. It's, that's that's why I couldn't handle Monty. It'd be totally fine if they said, I don't find you funny. People have been telling me that my whole motherfucking life. I'm <laughs> used to that. It's when they tried to gaslight me, I wasn't even making jokes. Like, what? <laughs> you know, they, they just made out like, you're like, 38 year old man going mental. Well, I was 37 at the time, but you know, 37 year old man on the internet, everyone. And the worst one of all, right, for me was this. 
When did I think Jordan Kaplan who said this? When he was saying that, I looked it up. He's like twenty six. By his own logic, how how is he not the boomer as well? Like twenty eight year old man, like give me a break, man. Why is it any time? By the way, you do realize young zoomers. This is where you're all chumps. When you say twenty eight year old man, thirty year old, you're just the equivalent of the fucking boomer going insert. I can't believe it's insert current year and then something totally arbitrary has no connection to the year is happening. You're just that. That's the zoomer version of it. That's what they're doing. The inverse of kids these days. Exactly. That's all it is. Exactly. All right, next one. This is a good one. I'm sure we all have opinions about this. Um, right. Assuming you guys watch Valorant's first LAN, what are your thoughts about the event? Uh, and then the 10s C9 to Sentinels reportedly seven-figure transfer. I mean, that's kind of just whatever. Like, it's a seven-figure transfer in esports. That's pretty okay. common, right? Cool. Yeah. He's on Sentinels now. I don't know. It's, I don't really have an opinion on that. Do you guys have any opinions on the Valorant event and what you saw? You may have noticed it I on do, uh, yeah. Shroud stream. Um Yes. Um, so lots, lots of opinions actually, uh, of just sort of disparate parts. Cause I was working an event at the time. So I was trying to like catch up. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. It was hard for me to like watch it too. Um, I saw a lot made, let, let's start with the big one. Saw a lot made of the million, uh, viewership, uh, on Twitch. Uh, a lot of people talking about that, um, and, what context? Uh, like comparable to a CSGO major or something? Well, just saying, you know, it's its first major event and it's broken okay. million viewers. But that obviously doesn't tell the full story because as Monty's already said, like 300,000 of them were on Shroud's core stream. Two-thirds of them you know, were on get, core streams. Yeah. You get into this, like, you know, you get into this world where, listen, if Overwatch League could go back in time, and launch with popular people doing the co-streams. Yes. I'm pretty sure they fucking would. They would have Ninja would... and all those guys. So, so, yes. so as 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 a as a comparison point to over, so the first day of Overwatch League, there were something like almost 400,000 viewers on the main Overwatch League stream um, yeah. for English on one stream. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I think it's a good strategy right now for Riot, but uh, you know whether these people stick around, whether that viewership. Yeah. So there, there are lots of things, just like I will say this from my own experience, just like Overwatch League, when it launched and it was the first LAN, there were a lot of people who were kind of just rubbernecking the stream being like, what, what, we're going to check this out. What's going on here? It's not an indication of long term fandom or stability. Valorant had a lot going for it this time around. It was Counter-Strike and other tactical shooters are not on LAN right now. So we got to see LAN. It was the first time we've seen any interregional competition in in valorant which is very exciting and people were curious like how all the different regions ranked up against each other it was the first valorant land event ever so all of these things and then there were big co-streamers that they brought on so all these things worked in its favor so it's not that's not an issue it's just saying that i'm not sure this is like the level of viewership or we're going to expect it to go up if anything i expect it to, to decline not to say that it can't be a viable or stable esport but there are there are a lot of factors in play here that are just not going to be there the next time the events take place, especially over yep. a year when you're seeing a lot more lands. Lands return to kind of the normal status quo, uh, potentially in a regional uh, competition returns to the status quo, right? So, and nothing, none of the Valorant events that went into this had anywhere near comparable viewership to this. So, no, no. good for them, but at the same time, I don't think this is going to be a new normal. Yeah, that, that sort of echoes my thoughts a little bit, although I do think 
next event, re like regardless of of co-streaming, and I'm pretty sure Riot will look to like dial it back and do kind of like the watch parties type thing that they do uh, for League uh, in the future. Like for now, it's just a good strategy to help your game blow up. But I, but like, listen, I think um, I think Valorant's thrashing the pants of CS right now in terms of all of its marketing and sure. uh, all of its development. I think uh, I think CS, like I mean, I, I was talking about this just as an aside uh, yesterday, and it's just like you know, at, at a time when we have a like pretty exciting competitor that people can pick up and play and actually like, uh, we have the most boring iteration of professional Counter Strike we've ever had with the current economy, where you just have to save all the time on CT. Inferno is just a laborious nightmare. Formerly one of the great maps, perfect balance, oh. always threw up exciting games, especially in a decider, you know, thin margins. Now it's just T's go on a site, do an execute. If they get two kills, CT safe. Rinse and repeat until someone wins in overtime or 16-14. It's garbage. Um, I'm finding watching Counter-Strike really tedious and laborious. Having just come out of a tournament where I watched like every map in that tournament live in real time without being able to tear my eyes off it, except, you know, like when, when I'm getting a drink or whatever, it's a fucking struggle. And I think, um, I think everything is going wrong for Counter-Strike right now at a time when everything is going right for Valorant. And we need, uh, we need to course correct it very, very soon, but. But I think Valorant's going to be very successful. I don't think there's any doubt about it at this point. I only watched a bit. And the thing is, I'm not like a huge fan of the game. I think it's all right. But like the problem is, as long as Counter-Strike exists, I have no real reason to put time into it. My problem is this. I'll say the thing that hurts everyone's feelings, but it's true. So the usual Thorin approach. I actually saw like H2K and Rich had a tweet like this, and it's exactly the sentiment that I feel. And unfortunately, it is a big turnoff for me with Valorant, which goes like this. If you actually know who some of the players who were the top players in Valorant were yeah. when they were in CSGO, it instantly saps so much of what would make the game sexy. I'll give you an example. Who was the most... See, oh, let's see if Monty can guess, right? Who was the most talked about player in the Valorant tournament from social media, from what you saw in your timeline? There was one player really stood out in this the regard. Fanatic who would you guy? pick, Monty? Boaster from Fnatic, right? Yeah. Now, here's the problem, Monty. I met that Boaster guy about three or four years ago when I went to Gfinity when they were only doing UK team tournaments and he was a player for just one of those teams. I can't even remember which one. It might have been Infused or what the, one of those UK orgs, right? Now, since then, he didn't do anything else in CSGO. He just kept playing, I think, around like Tier 4 or whatever. And I think he even played like League of Legends a little bit. And he was just trying a bunch of games out. He is in the, like, isn't he like the captain of like the number one European team in Valorant? Like, He's here's the, AGL, the contrast. Yeah. Here's the contrast. Yeah, that's what I mean. Here's the contrast for people. I also met Smooya for the first time all those years ago in like 2017. Now, imagine if Smooya had never done anything else since he didn't go and play for big. He didn't have his time in the chaos team. He did nothing. And then I just heard like last week, by the way, Smooya is probably the best player all of Valorant. I'd be like, the fuck what is this game then and then the other thing is the ones who aren't like the mega washed tier 4 players were the people who had talent in csgo they just hadn't made it yet that just makes it look like 
I'm sorry, like if you have any skill at CSGO, you're just instantly the best player in Valorant. Like that's, that's, I know it's not as simple as that, but that is what it feels like from the outside. So it's not that that's an issue, but I suspect personally for me, it's like, since I'm not feeling the game that much, I'm just going to keep waiting. So if in six months the game, I fuck with it, by then there's probably better players than some of these players are out. I'm sorry, it's just the reality. Well, the reality of any new game is that, you know, you're going to get some kind of half-washed or completely washed pros from a different game. They're going to be the best at first. And then in two years, when the 15-year-olds who have played nothing exactly. but Valorant come exactly. come through and they're 17, they're going to dumpster all these guys. And yes. that's when you, in my experience in esports, that's when you really have the first test of a game because you need to build up those new stars very effectively or the game is just popular enough to survive a bunch of these popular personalities leaving. I mean, it's already happening. You're already starting to see it cycle out. You know, there's, uh, you know, Dazed was the latest casualty. I mean, I, I, I hate to be a dick, but like, Hiko's not going to be here in two years. You know what I mean? No, and I, I think, I think Spence knows that as well. No, right? they, like, they, I mean, a lot of them are cynical. They know. They, yeah, they've They're got their eyes best. open yeah. about it, especially like the NA players. I think what's more, where, where I deviate a little bit from what Duncan says, although I think it's like, you know, it is sort of a, a universal truth in, in the sense that, you know, for example, Scream was one of the top rated players at, uh, at, at the tournament. I think the second overall. Um you know, but then what also is exciting is Yampi had a really good tournament. Tens, who we didn't even get to see very much in CSGO, mm. obviously fucking blows up, rated MVP for Sentinels, finally gets his big transfer, makes all that bread. And he is going to be a competitive player for Sentinels moving forward rather than a streamer. And, you, you know, there, uh, there's some there's some players coming through now that were young enough when they kind of got out of CS that it sort of justified that they go on to have a career in in, in another game. You know, there's inexplicable stuff. Like, it, it's mind-blowing to me that Shazam is on the best team in the world right yeah. now. But, but mate, he's, in, he's not only is he on the best team in the world, he's integral to that team. Yep. You know, he kills it at what he does. So, um, But yeah, I mean, so here's one other thing I noticed about it, and I hope Riot stopped doing this. Um, but I'm pretty sure because a few people behind the scenes were saying, oh, this is how it is. Uh, Riot were telling all the players to do all those like mad cringeworthy oh, dancing. That, and that actually ruins it if that's true. Because even though, listen, like yeah. I actually, by the way, we were going to do that for Fastball. We were going to even work with people and give them my, like, even though I do think it's a good concept for the broadcast. Unfortunately, what made those ones seem cool is that they felt organic, didn't they? You thought, I like oh, the, the airplane one. That one was yeah. fun. I thought I thought they were fun. I like the Korean team with like, look, I think Vanity's cat ears are stupid as fuck, but like I like them doing like the snipping of of the years and everything like that. That's just I mean that's just classic like Korean esports shit right there. Yeah, yeah, the but, but... should have been. Here's the analogy. Basically, what I don't fuck with in Valorant is that Valorant feels like like I think it was maybe like what like ten years ago when WWE its main competition became like TNA or whatever, which was all the super old washed wrestling stars that couldn't be on WWE anymore but still have some fan appeal, and then the people who haven't made it. Yeah. yeah, that's what Valorant feels like right now. Because as he says, it's fucking eco scream existence happy and fuckers like that and Shazam. They're like the power players with the people who didn't quite make it yet in CS. So like, it, I, I guess nothing wrong with that. They might end up being really good players. Some of them probably will make it through a, a rare few. But like as Monty says, it's not even being cynical. It's just the nature of esports. Like the first wave 
part of why they like think about it right essentially they get to have all the upside now like they have their experience they have some basic level of skill at the game they have all the positives right now but they they the way the reasons that made them not the best in cs now will eventually catch up to them in valorant essentially and it, beyond rare yeah. examples it's know? it's incredibly rare in any esport to really have like a transcendent talent emerge in the first two to three years of the esport like you 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 start to see like some of the all-time greats or some of like the true star players that change how the game is played um it takes a few years for that to happen um and you know valorant they don't even really have like a full map pool yet so i mean there's there's a lot of stuff um i mean i think what's more interesting to me is that the the dominant topic of conversation isn't co-streaming because that is that's like a wild problem um and like you can see that riot is even themselves unhappy with it because here's something nobody talked about duncan is that they effectively franchised co-streaming for LCS. True. That's yeah. what they did. And there has yeah. been almost no commentary on the fact that they locked co-streaming because it was getting out of control. Because the only reason you do that is because you want to prevent other new people from becoming the new dominant co-streaming stars and being able to shape that narrative. So they know that they can't make people mad by getting rid of the current co-streamers that they like, but they're going to do everything in their power to control the co-streamers that they have, including controlling their content outside of co-streaming because they have these new very ambiguous rules about, oh yeah, you know, uh, you can't, you know, you have to treat the league with this amount of respect and it's at their complete discretion. No, but it's at their complete discretion to pull co-streaming from these people. And this is going to, because those co-stream licenses are worth millions of dollars of to those co-streamers. Yeah. Basically now the, the LCS co-streamers, the entirety of their content has been compromised in terms of integrity yeah. because they can no longer issue opinions in any other form of their content. Otherwise, that gets pulled. Which may as well literally have been called the LS Dom. Please stop talking about LCS problems on face check rule. Yep. May as well just be called that. Like that's yeah. I mean, face check is it's just so transparent what they're trying to do with that in there. I know. No, but this is exactly what they did before. I've told you, Riot don't do anything without an angle. And uh, they did this when they first came into the scene and they coaxed across, a, uh, stop me if you've heard this one, coaxed across a lot of personalities and influencers. You know, and they were super nice to begin with. Oh, what's that? You want, uh, you want ten skins to give away on your stream? Here's a hundred. You know, like here's all, here's this. Here's a limited edition thing. Here's this. Oh, you know, if you get us all the referrals, we'll put you in the game. We'll do all this cool stuff. You know, they, they, but then of course the proviso is once your content becomes reliant on that, they can take it away, and now you have to do whatever Daddy Riot says, and Daddy Riot. Is not a nice daddy. Daddy Riot is the worst daddy, uh, <laughs> and will make it abundantly clear if you say anything negative about them, you will be unpersoned, literally, not not well, in it, some it, weird fuck. As in what they do in Scientology, this and, is and, what and they'll invent have. they'll invent reasons too, right? That's the whole issue. Yeah. Like they went back years to pull off some to pull out some quotes that Dominate said like years ago. Uh, yep in solo queue games and then use that to like punish him in the present. This is why I'm so scared of their like voice recording of all Valorant games, because yeah, yeah. you know, I'm sure that 99% of the time it's going to be used to find people who are abusive on the ladder, but 1% of the time they're going to dig through all of shrouds voice recordings or like all of somebody's voice recordings to find something mildly wrong that they said, and then use that to justify 
you know, uh, a punishment because they can't nail someone for things that they're actually doing right now that Riot doesn't like because of the PR kick like pushback i mean i mean let's be real monty riot is so fucking deluded about what their purview is they think it's appropriate to publicly say we are penalizing this person who is being investigated for sexual misconduct because they would not share a sex tape with us you know that's where they're at mentally so yeah yeah, i mean the idea the idea (laughs) anyone by by the way should feel good and comfortable about anyone at riot having anything personal about them whatsoever given their most egregious abuses against multiple people uh you're insane uh is is what i would say yeah. So yeah, but, but the the whole co-streaming thing is is a massive topic of conversation for our industry because it's not good. I mean, it's so here's who it's good for. This is again, we keep hitting into this this conflict between what is good for the developers marketing a game and what is good for the actual e- esports industry as a sports product. Because what's good for Riot as the developer is co-streaming, right? What is bad for us who are trying to monetize the esports broadcast is not having control over the sponsorship messages, not having, because do you think Shroud really gives a shit about Riot sponsors or the event sponsors? No, he's going to like click away from the stream during breaks and like talk to his stream and talk over it and do his own thing, which is, you know, that's what he does as a streamer. It's not a fault against him, but it is a huge problem when we're trying to make this space, uh, feasible from a monetary perspective and unless there is something from the developer that says okay the bigger viewership is leading to more skin sales and we are going to subsidize the broadcasts as a result of this because we want this but that just doesn't happen you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's it's really hard uh for for us to have good production you know from a tournament organization angle and still offer the broadcast for free if two-thirds of the viewership is going to be on co-streaming in a game like valorant like I just as a TO, I, I'm not averse to doing more Valorant events, right? But I, I struggle to see how I would go into pitch meetings with sponsors and explain how, no, actually, you're only going to get a third of the viewership on the mainstream and I can't control. Maybe they don't even look at the sponsor when it's coming on. Maybe I can't control what they say. Maybe they're like, I don't like that product when it comes on. Like I have no idea what these people are going to do. And it's very hard for me to sell a sponsor in that in that environment. Right, which is just terrible for for the esports industry. I've got five minutes left, so either that yeah, has to be the last question, say, or we have to do one now. All right, we'll do one now. Uh, uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, this is the last one we'll do today. Do you guys have any interesting info on the Bamtech Riot deal that fell through a few years ago? I do. Um, as far as I know, so to explain what it was, it was a, a $300 million deal that Riot announced, which Bamtech is Major League Baseball's streaming platform, which is actually quite good, um, good tech behind it. It's one of the, the things, good things that Major League Baseball has done in the last 10 years. Um, and so what they did was they sold, they sold rights to this, and then we never knew what happened because it was like, is it going to be on this platform? It never was on the platform. Is it going to be exclusive? Are they trying to move away from Twitch? Now, to my understanding, um, the deal fell through because Disney acquired the, pl- the the technology from Major League Baseball, from BamTech, and then they canceled the deal. And as far as I know, Riot never got any of that money, the $300 million, because it never actually went on the platform. But it was very weird that they announced this partnership and then it just, there's nothing ever happened with it. 
I don't know if you know anything more about it, Richard. Yeah, I mean, funnily enough, I actually had the proprietary player they built <laughs> in the original. There we go. I've still got it. I'm literally just checking my, my emails now. But yeah, I had a copy of the player. I can't remember if I publicly leaked that or not. Um, but but yeah, I mean, basically, you've you've hit the nail on the head. The deal essentially fell through predicated, uh, from what I remember, without checking anything, predicated on the fact that it was all all the parties that originally agreed upon it were there, and then you had this Disney acquisition, and then suddenly Disney weren't too sure about uh, what they wanted to do because they had uh, a completely separate roadmap for for esports. So it was it wasn't that it wasn't something that couldn't happen. It wasn't that they had any net, like particular objections. It was just that that deal that had been inked and penned, they weren't going to honor it while they were sort of looking at whether or not they could apply that roadmap. So. It was essentially cruelly snatched away. So, yeah, which actually is terrible, guys. Um, yeah. Because what what sucks is that the 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 BAM tech actual technology and the streaming platform is good tech. And right now, what is happening in the industry is that there is a crisis of media rights where no one is actually willing to pay for esports media rights. Um, and if there was a viable Twitch competitor, which this could have been. And certainly $300 million being injected into the League of Legends esports ecosystem and the ability to sell with that would have been really, really helpful. Um, but, you know, ever since kind of the, the Overwatch League deals went through at Twitch, uh, there haven't, and at YouTube later, there just haven't been major media rights deals that have occurred. And considering that's one of the best ways to monetize traditional sports broadcasts, I mean, esports is not in a good place right now, guys. I'm just going to like straight up say it. Good. You know, we don't have ticket sales, so we can't monetize from from really in-person events on a regular basis like traditional sports. Fans don't buy a lot of merch. We can't sell media rights to anybody right now because of the Twitch monopoly, uh, basically. Uh, the, the revenue is not good. Like, it's basically only sponsors. So, I mean, something's got to change about this model because we're not on a sustainable path in esports right now because the broadcasts themselves are so challenging to monetize. It's really bad. So I wish BAMTech had happened, frankly. Yeah. I, 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 I don't really yeah. Finish up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks. Join the Discord. Insight on esports, YouTube and Twitch. Who knows we're going to be doing this again? Probably next week. We would have done this sooner, but Richard and I were super busy with the RMR, so we... Uh, we couldn't get it as fast as we would have liked to. But thanks for Gomez, dude Gomez for joining us.